I'm Alex. And I'm Adam. And this is Bropium for the Masses. Welcome to Bropium for the Masses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Dracul, and this is Ryanfield. Big one. Big. Three. <laughs> there you're doing the count. Uh, big flop on that Renfield movie. Uh, did you hear this or no? Uh, the Renfield, yeah the um, the exploration of the original Dracula sidekick Renfield. Yeah. Renfield. Renfield. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, who, who? I, I think it's Field. Who would have thought that the guy who played Beast wouldn't make a good zombie? Oh no, that's the other one. Wouldn't make a good uh, Dracula's <laughs> assistant. He's just covering the full legion of of monsters. Totally. I feel like. If they don't do a werewolf movie with him, oh, that's Beast. If they don't do a mummy <laughs> movie with this guy, then honestly, I feel like there's wasted potential. He's going for all No doubt. Hmm. Yeah, I also had, um, oh my God, what, the Coppola, Coppola's nephew there. What's his name? Um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage in it. That's like. Coppola's nephew. Wait, you're referring to them like you're a, they're a distant cousin. You don't care that I know, much. I know. It's, it's so great. Coppola's but... nephew. he was always the good boy um no he i just watched him in gone in 60 seconds like maybe a couple nights ago crystal was falling asleep um uh no eleanor it doesn't it does not hold up it's it is perfect it's hard to watch (laughs) it's very hard to watch Especially that scene where he's like talking about the Ferrari, to the Ferrari salesman. Do you I don't know if you remember that scene where he's like, um, every time I pull up to the club, I see one of, you know, they have this, somebody has a new Ferrari. It means everyone has too much bloody money. And I was like, you're, you're, you're clearly American. Are you, were you going British there? I'm not really sure what he was doing. Just the whole, th- you know what? He's a bad actor. Let's just say it out loud. Um, the whole face-off thing, and still we're still joking about that years later. Face off, you know, when he did that kind of yeah, the whole it's just hold on though. It's the best crazy. Travolta I've ever seen is Nicholas. <laughs> is Nicholas Cage? No, <laughs> don't you dare. He's don't the, you dare. He is the best Travolta. We don't all know dare. This. this is facts. How dare you? Facts now. How dare you? Um, what else did I see him recently in? Oh, Con Air. It was like a it was like a bad actor double feature. Was it a double feature? Yeah. Wow. So um also that was bad because he's doing like this southern accent, which he clearly I, I almost I think he's never been to the South. I do a better southern accent, and I'm not even from the US, and I've only been there like twice in my life. So I don't know. Yeah. He isn't is, isn't that a Michael Bay though? Isn't that a Michael Bay movie? There is a lot of action in that movie. So yeah. And let's be honest, um, Cyrus the Virus is the best, probably one of the best characters in from Michael Bay movies. You know, um, what's his yeah. name? Uh, John Malkovich. Yeah, he's just awesome. John Malkovich. John. <laughs> uh, I fight crime. No, that's a different thing. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> what do we do? What are we drinking tonight? <laughs> we are. We're. Uh, we're drinking. Um, we're going back to the classics. I actually, in in honor of seeing him at the Great Outdoor Comedy Festival recently, I'm I'm back to I'm finishing off my Offerman edition Lagavulin charred oak cask. Oof, yeah, not for me. So good, because uh, yeah, I just saw him do a lovely performance out here in Calgary. Was um, he pretending to be gay during the performance? 
He was not. Oh, okay, he was, interesting. He was, he was um, he did uh, talk about masculinity and being a man and how he took, he's like. He took a lot of flack for that um, Last of Us role, which. Yeah, he talked about it too. And he's yeah, like. He's, I mean, he was he was amazing. So I don't. Amazing. So yeah. I'm going to be crying like five times. He, he actually talked about that. He's just like, he's like, it's Hold weird. Hold on. Did you, people... did you watch it five times or did you cry no, five times? Five times. Times. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. so good, man. Sorry. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Who just puts an incredible love story in the middle of this friggin' apocalypse show? Like who just does that? I, I mean, if you're smart, everyone, because that, you know, that the loss of humanity, you know, this, like, it's like, that's, that's what they, we were striving for. And and that's what the, you know, that one guy brought back to Offerman in the show. I don't remember the other guy's name, but it's like, so it really made, it made sense. And basically that relationship set the stage for like the rest of the show ostensibly. Yeah. So, yeah. So Offerman on stage. And as you can hear me now, I've clearly fixed my microphone issues. So you're welcome, <laughs> Aldo. Um, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I love it. He's gonna, he Shut definitely up. will be he's, like, you're out of your shit. You're out of your shit. Um, yeah, the, uh, the thing with Offerman was he got a lot of flack for no yeah. reason that I could figure out. So he, he highlighted it on stage. He was like, hey, man, or hey, everyone. Um, it's weird when people think that you are your character. Yeah. Totally. And everyone, every, and he like start, started it off. He's like, because I'm pretty sure a lot of you are here because you've seen the show Parks and Recreation. Yep. And everyone's like, Wah! And he's like, yeah. Okay, so he's for, like, for people who haven't seen it, what what do you mean by that? Because I know what you mean. Yeah. So he plays a character. Um, oh, Nick Offerman's character. And you've probably seen him on TikTok or on Instagram doing like hyper masculine shit that seems funny in the moment. Like, yeah, Ron, sorry, a, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. There's a good one of him. Like he's at a convenience or he's at a uh, supermarket with, I don't know if it's daughter who's some female from the show. That's the female and show. he's like, Oh, what's this? And the guy goes, Oh, it's vegan bacon. Like, would you like to try some? He goes, yes. And he hands him a piece of vegan bacon. He throws in the garbage immediately. And he's like, may I have another? And the guy hands him another strip and he throws that one in the garbage. And he's like, excellent. May I have another? And the guy's like, no, not if you're going to throw in the garbage. And he's like, I won't throw this one in. He gives him, he throws it in the garbage. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Cause for him, like eating meat is the only thing a man would do. Right. So like, is the most, it's the most masculine. Is, yeah, exactly. So, so people think that Nick Offerman is like this hyper masculine dude, <laughs> which honestly, I think he, he, he addressed it pretty well because he's just like, he's like, it's weird. He's like, I am an actor. He's like, and though I lent some of my traits to the character, I am a carpenter. Like, you know, I do. Yeah, he's dry. I, super dry. I, yeah. And he's like, I have a pretty dry sense of humor. And I have, he's like, I am musical, though I don't play the saxophone. I play the guitar. And he actually did a whole half set on guitar for, nice. on the, uh, for the show. But he's just like, it's also weird. He's just like how I am. He's like the same people who are happy that I'm this character in Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec are also angry that I was another character in a show filmed here in Calgary called yeah, The Last of Us. Yeah. And there was just like, I got a needless amount of flack for playing a gay character. He's just like, I'm an actor and who cares who you love? And the crowd like went crazy about it. I of was course. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, I'm really tired of like <laughs> these these he used a very specific word i can't remember what it was but he's essentially like these masculine thieves defining yeah. what masculinity is because they're so hard 
and they have no emotions and they're like all the time and he's like this is total bullshit it's just complete and utter bullshit you know and the advice i'd give to these like hyper masculine bros i don't think many of them listen to this show but let's say what few do one does chad chad this one's for you for for all the chads and kyles out there those guys no one likes them at work you might have been cool in high school and, uh, you know, making fun of people that were less than you, you know, le- they were not as rich or good looking over the cases that might have gone a-, a ways in high school. But once you get into the business world, your level of toxicity doesn't translate into people wanting to keep you on as an employee. And a lot of these guys will f- start their own businesses. They'll go into the trades and start their own company because no one will tolerate them, right? They can't stay in an electrical union because they're lazy and no one wants them. So like you'll find a lot of these hyper-masculine Chads or Kyles are starting their own businesses and it's usually a trade, right? And it's something that they think is hyper, like prototypically oh, masculine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like or concrete Alex, or yeah, what? Give the Patagonia Vest some credit where it's due. The investment bankers of the world are joining fraternities on mess and they are... The coolest Chad bros going up. You know, they're just like, I know why chicks just like aren't into me. I'm like, you know, it's just like I make a ton of money. I drive a sick car. I got this Patagonia vest. You're right. Like, you're right. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Being a, being an a- asshole Chad is not, you know, prototypically, you know, all these guys got in the trades. You're totally right. Yeah. There's many a Chad. Yeah. You find the Chads also, everywhere. I, I will challenge you. I'm pretty sure we can just let Kyle's be Kyle's. I mean... They're, oh, they're, they're so oftentimes nice. dealing with a horrible monster energy drink addiction. Oh um, they they have backwards, upside down visors that they're really trying to make happen still. <laughs> um, frosted tips aren't cool anymore. No. Uh, Neither are cargo pants or cargo shorts. Just yeah. I'll, cut, I, please. I'll lend an olive branch. Long sleeve shirts under short sleeve shirts going out of style is a is a goddamn atrocity. It's such a <laughs> such a practical look because you you feel the comfort of a t shirt, but you can still roll up your sleeves. It's just it's <laughs> makes perfect sense. How can I get to work if I don't have any long sleeves on? Uh, okay, uh, we're diverging here. Um, what am I drinking? Thank you for asking that. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I was curious. I just I was I was too busy having horrible audio. <laughs> uh, tonight I've got an Oban on the go. I've got a Ooh. bottle I've been cooking for a little bit. So um, a little single malt there. And we haven't tobacco. done a whiskey yep. night in a while. Wow, this is no, like the first true. dual whiskey. Uh, Crystal bought me a bottle of Monkey Shoulder. Have you tried that yet? It's I've like had blended. monkey shoulder. Yeah, uh, it's a blend, blended uh, scotch or blended scotch whiskey. Blend? Yeah, yeah. It's a li- it's yeah. it's it's a good it's a good mix whiskey sometimes. But oh, uh, the, you yeah. like if you like a whiskey soda, monkey shoulder will do it. Yeah, yeah. I think well, so. Yeah. yeah, and I have something that I bought. It's after your own heart. Oh, uh, the check var. Oh, <laughs> yeah. just I, having having a check girlfriend, man. Just my beer. <laughs> it opened my beer world. Right. Um, yeah, I was out, I don't know where I was the other day and it just had so many craft beers and lagers and I'm a lager guy. So I was like, oh, you know, let's buy a bunch. And then I was like, man, this beer is actually not that bad. Oh, check first. It, in the words of my Czech girlfriend, check for is tits. It's tits. It's tits. All right. What are we talking about today? We got, uh, you know what, Alex is rare occasion where the world isn't 
it, it is only environmentally burning down. It uh, politically, it would seem slow news month because yeah. there's only rampant dissent and uh, division uh, between Canadian political parties. Um, there is uh, it's some some coming home to roost. I believe we'll address today. Yeah, or, totally. Uh, yeah. A little bit of slingshot uh, or, or boomerang effect. Uh, actions have consequences. The ver- the the proverbial fuck around and find out. I think. Is what <laughs> yeah. today. Yes, you know what? That one is so rich with. I think. Uh, let's set it off nice, Alex. It's there's a lot of shots. In our segment, <laughs> did you fuck around and find out? Who are we talking about today? So I don't know if people are that familiar with this, but it is. Um, it's something that okay, I just. Again, I had a bit of schadenfreude over, so I had to uh, I had to bring it up. If you're not familiar with Kim Davis, she is a former, uh, former being the operative word here, Kentucky County clerk who in 2015 refused to give a uh, uh, marriage license to to actually two gay couples in Kentucky um, because she believes that marriage is between a man and a woman. What? Was this for people trying to get married? Because I believe polygamy is not legal <laughs> that, in Kentucky. That is a good question, and it was not that. It was oh, okay. two. It was two separate male couples who were trying to seek marriage licenses. And as the uh, county clerk, she's the one who issues them. It's just like her job to issue marriage license, and um, she just said no. It's against my my beliefs um, ah. and the mar- marriages between a man and a woman. So she. She said no. You're vo- she actually the case she made, which I, I thought, maybe you're gonna comment on this more. I thought it was maybe interesting, was that giving the marriage certificates violated her constitutional rights to freedom of speech, of religion, to freedom of religion. I thought this was an interesting way to go about this case because I don't know if she knows this, but you can't use your freedom of speech to squash someone else's freedom of speech this is essentially what it would you know it'd be yeah yeah that, that now that's not exactly well, what happened but she used her freedom of religion to to combat their freedom to get married like you know gay marriage is a right it's legally protected in the united states you're allowed to do it so so this was the case she made i have the freedom of my religion that vis-a-vis beliefs that it, that two gay men should not be married so therefore i'm i can legally I have a legal I have legal grounds to refuse the marriage license. Although I don't think Kim uh, knew this, Kim Davis knew this though. It's she's not the state of Kentucky or the United States. And I don't know is if it, I don't know if anybody just she should have said that to her. So Are Alex, you Kentucky? She should have been like, "Oh shit, I don't think I'm Kentucky." Am I? Yeah. So this is okay. So let's let's play a little let's play a little legal whack-a-mole. Oh, legal hack them all. This is a tough, tough situation. Um, who is that? What newscaster is that? I totally forget his name. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, the, he does the. Wouldn't it be funny if the, the moon were made of cheese? Is that who you're doing? <laughs> oh Harry fuck! Carey. He's the bro- <laughs> Harry Carey. That's who I thought you were. Are you doing um, Harry Carey? Yeah. No, I was trying to do that shitty evening newscaster who's I think still alive, but the um, clearly not my Ted Koppel. Terry, no, is it? No, oh, the, oh, I can't remember. Why am I wasting time on it this? It doesn't no. matter. F- F- yeah, F- that, yeah. The fuck it. The yeah. fudget. Sorry, children who listen. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> shut up. The 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 interesting thing here is that okay, the the birthday cake or wedding cake people who made this yes. argument. Yes. Like I'm not gonna make you a wedding cake because you're gay. 
that opens up a denial of service argument that is atrocious and downright um what what's a what's a single word term for stick beatable i feel like you can beat people with a stick who uh, take that course of action not legally not a legal stick beating but you know a good mob sure. style stick beating of people who deny their services a, based on something would you thump someone something yeah something yeah. i feel like a, that's a the real rule of thumb kind of approach uh, yeah, to this, yeah, yeah, you totally. know what i'm saying um, but no but hold on they did win that case though like the the cake a, the cake maker did win that argument pri- private industry yeah. right correct correct separation of church and state in the united states as kind of like the predicate for the declaration of independence because they didn't like totalitarian leaders both yeah. loosely and, adhered and, to loosely adhered to and well enshrined uh totalitarian leaders in, in the in the the divine right of kings or a divine right in and of itself you know that whole like we don't know taxation without representation kind of thing oh yeah but who, who remembers those things with american history um this is actually an instance where it's just like whoa 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 there is a separation of church and state, at least insofar as you're, uh, you are restricted from imposing religion in a state process or a yeah. state building. It's a pu- it's a public process. Yeah, but it's yeah they yeah. pay taxes to receive this process. You need to deliver it, Correct. regardless of your beliefs. Yeah. So, so, so Kim, you know, to your point, she fucked around and found out the couple. I just want to get their names right, which oddly. Their names are David and David. Two guys getting married, both named David. I no way. I don't care. I don't care about their gay marriage. I just thought that was very strange. Uh, uh, let me just hold on. I'll read from the article here. So I, I feel like Grinder has a filter yeah. for that, though. I mean, I don't. I like. I couldn't date. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that. If I met a woman that was like total smoke show, and her name was Alex as well, it's like, yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to put up with that. Like, you know, is that that's what you have to give up? So maybe these guys are so in love and they're, you know, whatever. They're so good looking. They were cool the with that, I guess. But yeah, oh, the but then you'd be yeah. the Alexes. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Ew, I know. I'd be the, weird? Yeah, yeah. Where are the Adams? And it's like, oh, have you met? Yeah. Have you met Adam's wife, Adam? She's so, <laughs> so lovely, and and she's the breadwinner. <laughs> oh my god, so great. <laughs> <laughs> so when anybody asks, like, who makes more money? You're like, well, Adam does. It's like. Adam, clearly. Are you talking about yourself in the third person? What's happening? So anyway, this week, a trial judge uh, determined that um, Kim Davis must pay um, uh, $50,000 each to David Ermold and David Moore, the couple in question, according no way. To, uh, to the lawyers for Davis. Yeah. And the Associated Press is reporting. I'm reading from this. Uh, where am I reading from? I'm reading from the Guardian, civil, actually. Yeah. Is that a civil suit they took out against? I guess they did. They took out a civil suit. It, you know, they delayed probably their marriage in some way. Something probably happened, like they lost a wedding venue. I don't really know all the details, but it doesn't matter. The, the the fuck around and find out has now happened to Kim Davis. And, you know, on this front, I get it. Like, I respect her right to disagree with gay marriage. But that would be like disagreeing that you should pay your taxes. Right? It's like, oh, I got I got this, this bill, I got this tax bill. It's like, I, well, I, I don't want to pay it. Yeah, no one wants to pay their taxes. I totally get that. Alex. I am empathetic to the idea of not paying taxes. But you got to pay your taxes, man. And then you know what you're going to say. There's no real law that governs paying taxes. It was a bad example, but it was the Income one available taxes. to me. No, Income I was going to say. Yeah. It was was gonna say <laughs> I'm trying to create an analogy, god damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree. It's If I stood... Um, 
you know, if I stood in a government office and, and said, like, I'm not going to give you your driver's license, you just pass your test. Yeah. And then they were like, well, because you're black. You're like, Let's use that one. No. You're not getting your license because you're black. Even <laughs> simpler is just like, I don't I don't believe that you should have a license to drive a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. I think you should be <laughs> able to drive a vehicle because it's your private property and you're going to drive your private property. Yeah, totally. And then I feel like that person says, oh, okay, but I, I want my license. And the, and the person's just like, no, just drive your private <laughs> property. You do your thing. Why do you need the system to validate it for you? Like, because <laughs> right. it's fucking law. <laughs> yeah, same deal. Yeah. So, so there you go. So, uh, you, you know, so Kim's got to owes 50 grand, so 100 grand to this couple. And, um, you know, I just, I thought what also, uh, what, or I should say, what else was funny was that um, Kim Davis said, well, her lawyers were saying, well, we're going to take this all to the Supreme Court. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court is refusing to hear it because on oh. the basis that it's mm-hmm. a law and you have to comply with the law. It doesn't, it has, this has nothing to do with your freedom of speech, which her lawyers are sort of bending this like, you know, they're violating her freedom of speech. No, you're not. She she has the freedom to believe whatever she wants. But again, not to, she can't use that to to um, to take away someone else's rights. So um, the Supreme Court, to their credit, has dismissed the case, you know, and I, I could say a lot of oh. bad things about the current Supreme Court. American Supreme Court. Court. Yeah, yeah, but in this way, it's like, yeah, sorry, bro. Yeah. So here, here's a here's a wrinkle. Would you like a wrinkle? I yeah, have a give, wrinkle. Give it, give it to me. Let's let us add one wrinkle to the smooth ball sack that is the American, you know, legal system. Um, let's say that throughout the entire duration of her employment, Kim Davis, who sounds like she was a member of the Westboro Baptist Church. I'm just going to allege that right now. Let's just allege. Let's just, let's play the allege game. Let's throw she, my allege hammer on this during, one. <laughs> during the trial, she had a David Koresh t-shirt on. I don't know oh, why. Oh, I don't even know why. Even better. Even, what, a, what a I'm cult. <laughs> um, so let's say that throughout that marriage license process, um, David and David, David squared, we're looking at the religious symbol hanging from Kim Davis's neck, likely a cross or I don't know, Jesus blowing a donkey. I don't know what they worship these days. Um, and it's actually, it's actually a Jesus with a thumbs up, but the other oh. hand is in the cross. Uh, yes, but then of course. the other hand's coming down. Yes, of course. Yes. Of course. Thumbs up. De- thumbs up. Jesus. <laughs> thumbs up. Jesus. Jesus. Everyone loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Um, what if they were ridiculing her and scoffing at her for wearing a religious symbol in a public building. And then she responded with not granting them their their marriage license. Now, see, that would be far more interesting because then that is not only yeah. a case of her religious symbols being accepted in a public uh, a public, a public building, but then also the people that are she's granting her marriage license to, she's de- she denies it based on both her beliefs, but then she's like, well, they were ridiculing me for my well, religion. Well, again, there's no, there's no law against ridicule. Let's be honest. There's no law against ridicule, yes. But now we have something meatier. Because sure, then we sure. should really yeah, start yeah. talking about banning all religious symbols in all public buildings, so this ridicule never happens again. Hashtag Quebec, but whatever. <laughs> Hashtag um, Quebec. Ah oui, c'est bon. I like your uh, your thing on your head, but I don't want it in my public office. <laughs> I I could go down a dark hole on the Quebec issue. Dark. Um, yeah. I do. For for people know what we're talking about, um, a province in Canada, Quebec. Um, the least liked province next to Alberta. Um, well, well, I love Quebec. 
Love it. <laughs> sure. Top, I, I top said the 14 least favorite provinces. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, um, they passed uh, a controversial law. Or did they, did they try to pass it or did they pass it? I believe they did pass uh, it. I believe it is passed. They yeah. did. Yeah. So that you may not have any overt religious symbols within any public spaces as a as a as a public employee so that means i mean and you might say okay well that's that's not a big deal people have to hide their crosses right under their shirts when they go to work it's like well it's a little bit more subversive than that it's like you're not allowed to wear hijab and work for the quebec government you're not allowed to have you know wear a cross you're not allowed to wear a turban so there's a it's yeah. a bit it, it runs the the, the the you know Sick homies everywhere can't, can't wear their turban or even a helmet yeah. turban and if you're in the police force this is yeah, which so, has already been grandfathered in and now you might say well why would they want to do that and it's and it's has to do with quebec heritage and nationalism quebec's very much like protecting their their like french less identity like french minus this Ooh, weird we're about you know, to alienate all our quebec listeners oh totally yeah, yeah. But, the vive la protectionniste that's all i gotta <laughs> say all right so protect your I, heritage look i would agree that something like being canadian or i would i would say that being canadian canadian is something like an identity it is right like uh, we recently came back from New York and people were like sort of dead naming me for a Canadian. And it's like they knew immediately that that just by the way I spoke, some of my mannerisms, the jokes I said, things like that. They were just like, are you from Canada? I'm like, yeah, I am. It's, so they just it was almost I have an identity. And though I may not realize exactly what it is, other people realize what it is sometimes. Right. Um and I think Quebecers want to have that as well. They want to have their own identity. It's kind of like a mix of like uh, European slash Canadian, you know, but it seems it's though it's oddly white Canadian for some reason. They don't, they're not against, they're against everyone else. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit more of a toxic identity, but it's still uh, the quest for identity. Identity is, you know, I think we're all sort of going through that to some extent and the U S is going through it. So I empathize with the idea of wanting a national identity or, what Quebec perceives to be a national identity, um, but in this they are way, a nation. they are well, a nation of they're a nation within a nation. One, the one nation under God, under the Canadian government, alone, with one party to represent them. <laughs> Everyone knows the only true God is Zenu, except for with the exception of Danny Masterson currently being convicted for thirty years for being a rapist. <laughs> the one we, we had to with every every religion needs a martyr okay that's we found yeah, ours totally yeah anyway we're uh what we diverged there for but we were talking about quebec so in the well in the exploration in the exploration of of fucking around and then the um, finding out you know, yeah. the rather imminent discovery of, uh, of finding out um what happens when you do that i think uh all westboro baptist church probably has uh has sex with that Texas state senator who's a piece of shit. Um, Kim Davis, oh, allegedly. All allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, I think this is it's good, safe to say, I hope her life is very difficult for a long period. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure, you know what, she's got lots of support from the right who is going to use this as like a religious freedom issue. And then from the left, it's going to be about gay rights, right? So we can't, yeah. there's, it's obviously just like any issue, it's going to be hard to find the middle. Um I did want to bring up now that you bring up shitty senators. Uh, did you hear Mitch McConnell 
Uh, did you see his like second? I mean, second do you mean did I not hear Mitch McConnell, Alex? Did yeah, you, yeah. Did, I, <laughs> I did you? I, I should say, did you hear? Ab- <laughs> did you hear about Mitch McConnell? He actually, oh, he man. he was diagnosed with a stroke, and you know, it's like I think Alex, I called that. I'm pretty sure I called that in the last. Yeah, yeah. World star. I think <laughs> so. You, uh, I think you called it. I did. So. I was like, this looks like a TIA. He looks, this guy better do something quickly. You know, he's probably going to have a massive stroke. There he goes. He, he was diagnosed with it. So I don't feel good about Lindsey Graham having a stroke, but the... Right. Like, Mitch McConnell, the, I would be okay with Lindsey Graham having a or stroke. Or sorry, fuck, Mitch McConnell, sorry. I just had, <laughs> I was projecting. <laughs> I also Lindsey shit Graham. out of your mouth and put cat shit in your mouth. It's both shit, but it's very, it's, it's, it's a different shit. <laughs> right. Sure. So I, I'm not I'm I'm not like happy that McConnell had a stroke, but a small part of me thought, yeah, this is the universe equalizing itself. I often say this, like, you know, bad things will happen to me. I think, you know, it's okay. The universe tends to equalize itself. You know, it's it's not it's not you know, there's not bad stuff forever. And this seemed like the universe saying, Mitch, you're you're done. That's that's quite enough. You know, you've 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 made quite a mess here. I think I think your time's passed. So, but this, I think this is uh, opens up a conversation uh, as to why they should have a like an age cap on being in government, right? Yeah, and 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 I think like you could make a good case with Joe Biden with respect to Joe Biden and maybe his some of his not obvious or obvious senescence, which people you know the right makes oh Joe Biden's totally incoherent. He, the guy's off the rails, not realizing. That Donald Trump, every time he speaks, is basically a passenger train full of hemophiliac children crashing all, 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 every moment he's speaking, all, right? All it's the like, time, everywhere, all the time, all the time. Everywhere, all the time. All the time. <laughs> so, um, now that, yeah, so I would say there's, there's a good reason to think we might w- not want old men uh, or old people in general old women there's that california representative who's like 85 Uh, yeah uh, but she's definitely senile and like yeah they keep pushing the wheelchair through the wheelchair they're pushing the wheelchair and they're like we need you to vote yes on this and she's like and they're like we just need you to vote yes just vote the, the not obvious version of this is ruth bader ginsburg who worked tirelessly till the till she died she was and made incredibly scholarly legal arguments. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm six six to one half dozen another on on the age limits. But certainly all the money that's tied up in politics that keeps them wanting to stay in that position of power. That's the thing I want to change. Not the wisdom you could potentially impart on a younger generation. So I I don't know. It's I think it's a complicated situation. Let's not talk about it tonight. But oh, this is uh, hold on. This is uh. This is interesting because you're going to tell the, me another country has age limits. <laughs> Who has a better democracy than the United States or Canada? No, 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 no. This is kind of an odd one because that means, okay, hold on. Little, little question for the Googles. Average age of the American Congress person. Well, okay, that's going to be skewed because people like AOC. It's going to be skewed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The majority are going to be probably over 50, 100%. I'm going to say the average age is like 56. House gets younger, Senate gets older. House and median age is 57. 
Well. Yeah, the average age of a representative was 49. Okay, I wasn't... Was average age of, a, of an American senator seems 50, is 53. But here's the weird one. The average age of a Canadian House of Parliament member, or a member of Parliament, seems to be 52. So this is... Uh, I need the median age. I think we're getting... I'm getting a skewed number here. Because isn't that kind of funny? Like... um. With increased diversity of age, you likely get increased diversity of opinion, unless the easier the I would sorry, we need a standard deviation here. Um, yeah, Jamie, yeah. can we get can we get the standard deviation on ages from because <laughs> if it's stacked, if the deck is stacked at he, top side on the old on the elderly side, that means all of your young buck, you know, representatives are effectively just appealing fealty to yes. the elders so that yep. they can get yep. on, they can you know get things. Correct. Which is which is that's basically that's that's just uniform corruption, but because that's yeah. your effect. Your system your system's corrupted by the elderly, uh, you know, defrauding the youth of their potential and any innovation that they can make. Usually, honestly, because they don't understand modern things, but also because they wield all the power anyway, and letting go of Correct. power is yeah. is akin to death. Totally. But I think uh, there's probably an argument to be made. For and this is where this is where the math gets tough. I would it wouldn't it be funny? Here's here's the fun for all of our sci-fi buffs out there. Can you just write us the novella that is the election of the the aged in, aged out standard deviation election? Meaning that you'd have to strategically get party members who are within certain ages to run for office so that you could keep the standard deviation accommodating to your elder and youngest members, or else they get cut from the bottom or cut from the top yeah wouldn't that, that would be, be crazy. kind of fascinating yeah totally yeah because then you're ultimately saying we're trying to be maximally representative for the working population correct because i think that's the that to some extent is the problem that as the to your point as the standard deviation gets higher or sorry as the uh, the median age gets higher the less representative of the population the senate yeah. or or house will be or the I mean, it seems obvious. In, well, I mean, I, mean, I don't have data to support that. It just feels, it just feels right. I don't know it to be yeah. true, but I don't know it for a no. fact, but I know it to be true. No, because I think that no, this is very easy to experience as well. Because how out of touch are you with friggin' TikTok traffic? Yeah, like all the oh, all these yeah. all these like young pranksters. Like you remember when pranks used to be jackass, and now yeah. pranks are like going to like a like a Chipotle. And like spitting over the glass, and you're like, it's just a prank, bro. And I'm just like, I hope this kid gets murdered. This 19 year old kid. <laughs> right. I hope, I hope murder, I hope murder befalls this young boy swiftly, or someone close <laughs> to him gets murdered, and he is in the crossfire, and he's only maimed and also just paralyzed. But has to, has to suffer the loss plus has his to paralysis. Suffer the loss of his yes, okay. and not Let's uniform go. paralysis. I'm talking like maybe left arm, right leg, or like you know. <laughs> Both ankles, hips, but knees work. Like I want like <laughs> something really neurodegenerative to befall this guy. <laughs> oh my god, because he is okay. an awful human being. <laughs> so I've seen some of these videos, and they're they're very cringeworthy because you you always feel for the person being pranked because it's 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 actually detrimental whatever's happening. It's it's costing somebody money or whatever the case is. Now or just I, stress I, in their day. Totally, yeah. I wanted. I do think some of the. My, some of my doubts surrounding politicians' ability to govern at an uh, you know with 
in the advance with the advance of age would be something like the U.S. House asking Mark Zuckerberg how Facebook makes money. Makes money. It's like <laughs> what? What? How the? F- and some of them were genuine. Like, so do sell, tell me, do you make how, money if what you how, give it how do you, away? How do you actually free? pay people? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? What have you ever been on Facebook? How do you, like do your staffers just prop you up with a bunch of sticks? I was that made me go, okay, you probably shouldn't hold office if you aren't smart enough. We're I, I mean earlier you and I were talking about like the three things that that um, the skill the the skills based analysis for leaders right. So it's like technical ability, um, human skills, and then conceptualization. Okay. So you don't have the technical skills to operate the fucking internet and you can't conceptualize of an ad model based on the internet. You are missing two of the major things in the skills analysis for how to be a leader. And then none of them speak very well. They all seem to be, you know, they're overly verbose with language that three-year-olds use. So that tells me you don't have many of the human skills. In the skills-based analysis for leadership, you have none of the th- none of the three things we desire. How are you asking Mark Zuckerberg any questions? Like that's to me really the question here. La- so laughable, laughable from his perspective. I already had doubts about these people's ability to govern, but that was the moment where I went, "Yeah, I think we may need age limits on um, on on uh, political positions for sure." Anyway, Canada I digress. Too. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. All right. I digress. So, so we, um, Kim Davis, uh, you suck. We've sufficiently <laughs> beaten that dead horse. I was just making sure it was dead, Alex. It's, you got to make sure these days. What's the line? Do you beat a dead horse? That's disgusting. Who would ever do that? <laughs> I think the line is beat a dead hooker, Adam. Yes. Oh, of yes. course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Uh, yeah let's let's mess with our audience's heads too now remember that hooker is a man yeah (laughs) Yeah. change your perceptions about what a hooker can be listeners (laughs) um okay Um, there's an interesting we we can go right into canadian politics we stay at politics but we got to go right into canadian politics now do do you want to go to you want to go to talking heads or playful fawning for liberal affection it's up to you uh i feel like we got to beat up on Monsieur Pepe, a little bit. Monsieur Pepe. Well, Alex, let me ask you a very simple question. You remember when you were flying back from New York? Isn't the one thing that you thought the flight was missing was a politician on the campaign trail talking at you about their beliefs and their campaign (laughs) ideology? Isn't the one thing you're like, "Mm, the coffee and peanuts just isn't enough. I really need to be talked down to. (laughs) Amidst the turbulence and the lack, distinctive lack of booze on my Delta flight, Yes, oh. that is what I thought I was missing. Yeah, Delta doesn't serve booze on their flight. Um, the friggin' yeah. Utah-based airlines. This is awful, Alex. <laughs> when Crystal was like, we're flying Delta to New York, I was like, are you high? I'd rather drive. Like, I hate <laughs> Delta. Why have you done this to me? She's like, oh, I, I, I don't know if I've ever flown Delta. I'm like, you're not going to want to after this. This is like, I, I just, I dislike them greatly. Anyway, that was missing though. I, I wanted a, uh, a politician proselytizing to me about things they literally have no solution for but are generating a lot of anger and fear on tiktok that's what i needed that's that's what my that's what my four-hour 
uh, delayed flight and then an hour delay in the air really needed more of was uh, mm. was Pierre Polivier. Yeah, fuck no. I want you know, but it would, I just would have been like, well, I guess I'm opening this emergency exit and letting everybody get sucked out into space here because I can't take <laughs> it. <laughs> That's literally what I would have done. Uh, uh, like Monsieur Pepe, if you're going to deliver a speech on a plane, please go into the bathroom, open up the seat, and just flush while you talk like that's, that's right just that's right <laughs> no one so, wants to hear this for people who don't know what we're talking about um pierre polivier is uh or was on a flight back from or from quebec city um to calgary on sunday night and i guess i don't know how he was able to do this but i think he got permission from westjet i guess i don't know how his campaign got permission or i'm not exactly sure how it happened or if or a flight service per, i don't know if they're called attendants anymore a flight service person i don't know so this is actually where it gets sticky he got per, a ter, apparently permission from westjet but um I, you know i'll read from the article because it seems like there's a bit of controversy on what actually ha- happened so a spokesperson for the union this qp union who represents the westjet cabin crew said it was um the cabin crew were pressured into doing it but Pierre maintains that he had permission somehow from WestJet. Now, oh, I don't actually so know. So WestJet how... corporate might have said yes. The union said Correct. no. Correct. And you're like, this is against regulation. And then they're like, well, I have corporate permission. So give me the mic. Yeah. So the anyway, he the the crux of that is this, that, that Pierre Polier is accusing the union representing WestJet employees of trying to silence freedom of speech, which I guess like. He never talks about silencing freedom of speech. It's very weird that he would say this this tagline, but um, and he's demanding an apology from the company um, after he spoke on this the PA system over this this flight that he was flying on. So um, there's a video. I guess somebody took it, circulated it online, where he's making remarks on the flight. It's about 45 seconds of remarks um, as they're about to leave from Quebec City. So now WestJet, or I guess. Pierre's camp has maintained that, well, there was a lot of conservatives on the flight because they were traveling to the caucus or from the caucus in Calgary. It's like, yeah, so apparently the law governing the ability to speak over the PA system is actually um, is is flight uh, flight attendants and captains only. They do that for obvious reasons so that somebody doesn't run up and start yelling crazy shit into the mic or whatever the case is, right? So we have some federal regulations that sort of say you're not allowed to do that, but he's maintaining that he got permission from WestJet. So for people that don't know, WestJet is like, it's like Delta. It's it's just an air carrier. It's 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 Canada's Delta. It it, it can be. I've had good WestJet flights better than Delta, so I don't want to shit on them too much here. And I guess so as you do when you have a grievance with a company you take to Twitter, to um to work it out because that's what big boys do and i guess he said you know like he's accusing the union of of of, uh drumming something up and again showing that he's totally anti-worker that he doesn't care about the rights of the worker and the corporation who owns westjet said he could do this but westjet said that you know they're actually apologizing for this saying yeah we didn't really like we we're going to revisit this policy and we don't really think, you know, we weren't really endorsing it. It's not necessarily that's, that we gave him this permission, but is, it was like, that's tail yeah. between. It's like, it totally is very is. much. Yeah. It's totally his tail between the legs. Cause you know what that totally. is, Alex, you know what that 45 seconds just got WestJet a $40 million subsidy. Oh, pr- so, okay. So that's, that's the, that's the issue here. Boom. So I'm just going to read from the CBC article here. Just, Cause I thought it, 
this guy, his name is Darren Major. I just want to give him the credit for for what he put here. He said, uh, following the union's demand for an apology, so the union is a, is demanding that Pierre Polivare apologize for putting them in a position where they had to sort of let him Take do a political this. stance? Exactly. WestJet CEO uh, Alexis von Hoschenbrock, I'm not sure if I said that, said the, Hoschenbrock. Said the situation was unusual. He also said the company pl- uh, plans to review the policy and allowed Polyev, that allowed Pol- Polyev to speak on the PA system. This was not a political endorsement, nor should it be uh, interpreted as such. We are a nonpartisan by nature, and uh, we'll revisit this policy on this. So Ian Lee, an associate professor of management of Carleton, said it's critical for businesses to remain nonpartisan. Governments have been regulating industry for a long time, and for that reason, businesses tend to be very, very careful about being nonpartisan. He said that the fact that the flight was filled with party faithfuls made it a unique situation, and he expects, expects WestJet will ensure it doesn't happen again. Um, but, and then they're saying this is a one-off. It's like, now, fair enough. What, what are you going to say? I have another point, but go ahead. This No, that is both. This is an argument. Hey, anytime you want to say something on a flight, here's your argument. I thought I was in a room with partisans. I like throwing snake blood on children. I, I announced that on an airplane. I thought yeah. I was in a room full of people that were okay with me throwing snake blood on children. It's also my religion. I think you just go with that one. You're going to be right? safe. Yeah. Safe bet. Yeah. Super safe bet. So if you can get a hold, and this is, a, this is an incitement to action that I hope no one entertains. If you have something to say and you think there is a group of people who want to listen to it, and especially if you want to think there's a group of people on an airplane that want to listen to it because you think they are partisan to your cause. Well, I think Monsieur Pepe has just demonstrated a clear example of how you can get away with announcing that to everyone over the PA system. Correct. Go for it is the message here. Just do it the Nike way. Yeah. Idiot. Don't put don't put the cabin crew and all the passengers in any awkward positions because your freedom of speech in this case somehow trumps everyone's right not to give a fuck about what you're saying. So the the, the I, I'm not even going to tell you what he said over the PA because it's such a bad joke. It's such a de- bad dad joke that it's like it's the guys. I I mean everyone knows how I feel about him right now. Here's my here's my gripe about this. I'm not necessarily angry that he did this. But I, I would be necessarily angry if Justin Trudeau did it, did it, and and that and that's because not everybody wants to hear you, Justin. So you shouldn't go around abusing your white privilege and power, right, and position just straight up to, power to, or position to just yeah. do whatever you want. Now, had Justin Trudeau did this, there would be no shortage of TikTok or Instagram videos of Pierre Polyev shitting all over Justin Trudeau. Right. So and this is the other thing is that conservatives writ large, some of them do not have the ability to be reflective or intellectually honest about the opposite, equal and opposite reaction. So if you were on a flight from, I don't know, fucking B.C. to Toronto and Justin Trudeau happened to be on there and he used the moment to get up and talk about and give his campaign slogans, which is exactly what Poliev did. You can look up the transcripts of what he said. It was basically all about getting rid of the previous government and all the bullshit he says online about. It's how, all their fault. You know, Everything is their fault. We're the bad, guy that we're coming Yeah, in. exactly. He's using like bad airplane analogies like, oh, it's, a, it's been some turbulent times, but we're going to come back to uh, uh, oh my God. Uh, uh, softer air, kind of like just bullshit like that. Like bad, again. Puns on puns on puns. Now, if Justin Trudeau had did this, conservatives would be all over social media 
losing their minds. Like, and I don't mean they'd, uh, there'd be a couple memes or whatever the case was. There would be people making hate videos for Justin Trudeau over this. It would be, there would be so much fanfare and it would drive so much social media traffic on this. It would be, it's great. It would be gross to watch. But somehow they don't apply that to Pierre. That's, it's okay what he did. And in fact, they'll double down and say this was okay. But again, so, they, they, you cannot get them to agree that if Justin did it or Jagmeet Singh, whoever, they would be all over this. And they, yeah. they won't admit this, but they know it. They Step all know down. it. They totally. You're they not, all, you're they all know they'd be this way. Yeah. So I have two very angry things to say that I'm going to bookend with something that I think is, <coughs> is, is, a, is a light at the end of the tunnel. First and foremost, you know what? I don't like Monsieur Pepe on paper. I only like his policy on maybe dialing back. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, I shouldn't say policy. I only like his comment on maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not he has no granting, policies. Let's be, no let's policies. Be maybe yeah. not granting as many permanent residence visas over the next several years, unless housing is reduced in cost and maybe kept up with the amount of people that are going to enter the country. Only because I maybe one day I want to own property in Canada. Maybe, um, and that that seems an ignorant, clear formula. For me, maybe one day. I, I want to, I just, I'm going to, can I, can we talk about that for one second or do you want to finish? Yes. Okay. It's good. Go for it. Yeah. So, so what you just said that Pierre Polivier is saying, that doesn't actually, that's not commensurate with Pierre Poliv- Poliev's voting record, right? So, no, yeah, you're, you're right. That's what yeah, I said. Yeah, not so, his policy. So, his so statement. He, he made that statement, but it's actually even the statement. Is counter. It's totally counter to the way he votes. He votes for big developers taking yes. a bunch of land, building homes no one can afford. And you know why? You know why he likes those policies? Because of the largest contributors to the to the to the conservative party. Big developers are some of the largest conservative donors. So when he says, "I want to put a, a stop on permanent visas because we don't have the appropriate housing," what he's saying is, "I'm a racist and I don't like anybody who doesn't look like me, but I want to sell all the white people three million dollar homes because my developer buddies give me a lot of money to stay to, in power to do so." Which yes. so I so that's say, actually not, what he's saying not a leap, not yeah. a leap. So so let's not be fooled by you know, I want you to own a home. He's saying, no, I don't want brown people to move into Calgary and I want white people to get a home. But he still wants you to pay $3 million for it because that's fair. How else is he going to get campaign contributions from his rich, you know, developer buddies? That's, that is, no, ever, somebody can fact check me on that. I'm happy to have your emails or, or, or or you can Twitter, uh, tweet at us. Bropium for the message at gmail.com or the real Bropium on Twitter. You can do that. But I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to like the facts about the way Pierre, Pierre uh, Polia votes. He votes totally against everyone who wants affordable housing. So I, I, I welcome your criticism, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to like the facts that I'm going to show you. Fair. Fair anyway, criticism. Sorry. So you I, were I should have elucidated because I want cheaper housing for the many. Or less people competing for existing housing. I agree with Potentially that, yeah. drop demand. So either increase supply or decrease demand. Mm. But if you increase supply, no one makes as much money. And that, that therein lies the problem, right? And may wage stagnation stop, for the love of God. Again, the conservative voting record is against raising minimum wages and against workers' rights and against labor unions. So, I, you know, again, I, I, 
this he's he's telling you things that you want to hear as the middle class. I have struck going, a I have struck a chord. This good. guy is yeah. this guy is bad for oh, he, bad for oh, Canada in a way not, that's he's not just poison, he's venom. It's yeah, it's totally yeah. Bad if you eat it, bad if it bites you. It's it's both. Well, the I think what's worse is that we're gauging his popularity to some extent by his social media presence, which I'll admit, like game recognizes game. This guy's figured it out. Pierre Poliev has figured it out. The how to like maximize that sort of angst and fear on TikTok. And I'll tell you who did it first, which I think he's just following, you know, sort of a, you know, a playbook is um, the Kathleen Wynn days, you know, yeah. make her look real bad despite everything good that she did. And she made some mistakes. I'm, uh, we can talk about her mistakes all day, but it's this, drum up enough fear and hatred of the other it doesn't even matter like doug ford's policy move going into the the election against kathleen Wynne was a dollar beers that was a that Buck was a, a beer pol- that was a policy Buck platform that that was a literal thing he said he was gonna get in which he never did but a buck a beer i remember i don't remember a single thing else he said because he none of his policies were good but um the sex ed curriculum he's gonna destroy it and buck a beer it's like this is what this guy won the election over. Are I feel like my like my neighbors are brainless. A dollar beer, like again, Pierre Polyev is selling you dollar beer. That's what he's doing. But you just it's in a social media algorithm that is backfeeding in a way into your your distaste for whatever's happening in the world right now, which is happening everywhere. Uh, and you're being gamed, and I feel bad for people. So anyway, that's rant over. Sorry. No, it's fine. I, I just, I really, it, that was my predicate notion for maybe giving him a little bit of an olive branch. Okay. Got to look at your enemies and say, you know what? I dislike a lot about you, but it's okay. You were drunk. Because maybe he was drunk. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We're well, you thinking know conservative, maybe. conservative caucus. Everyone's on the plane. You're leaving Quebec City. Honestly, one of the most beautiful cities in Canada and a great place to to get slaughtered because it's nine percent beer passing off as friggin cola you know the 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 14 year olds can drink you under the table in quebec it's and quebec city alone has both the the beautiful you know majesty of old quebec as well as like the down and dirty university town across you know across the border of the old town so i mean if i was a party leader with really no social skills um a weird face and also um you know i want to say corporate hands right up my asshole i'd probably get a little shit face too with my conservative and my partisan bros to be like we're getting on this plane and we're going all the way to calgary we're going we're gonna meet him in edmonton and we're gonna meet him in vancouver and it's it's been a turbulent ride what's through now like i really i really think that we want to think this is malicious because it looks malicious but again it could just be stupid. It really this no, could be I, uproar it, you're, you're of stupidity. Yeah. I always so, I think that this I this is petty, but I always think that um you've seen that they they're trying to change Pierre Polyev's image, right? With his oh, yeah, lost no, his glasses. No glasses anymore. No glasses. Yeah, he lost the glasses. Like, <laughs> they like slipped his hair in a different way. And yeah. methinks I remember um when people were making fun of Justin Trudeau's hair. And I feel like this oh, is yeah. the time where we get to go. Really? You thought losing like like do you think I don't know who Clark Kent is? You think people it's are just, idiots? 
You know what I mean? He's just not ready. Oh, we just, yeah. I just don't, I don't think he is. He looks like as if Astro Boy grew up and had a bad drink, (laughs) bad drinking problem. And at some point had the mumps. He's got the forehead. He's got that forehead swole from drinking too much. It's just weird. Yeah. 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 He's got uh, angioedema in all the wrong places. Um, of course, he looked, that yeah. was my third guess. Yeah. He's like clearly I, I'm, I'm also going to just uh, allegedly, yeah. I think he has Hirschfelder syndrome. He's never quite gone, gone through puberty. I don't think he has any body hair. I don't think he's ever shaved. If you look at him, does he quick, look like quick, he is? Quick, he has quick to interjection. Angioedema sounds like an R- R&B singer, and Hirschfelder syndrome sounds like an alt rock band from the nineties. <laughs> like, can we just point out? And now, Angioedema. <laughs> can you imagine? And the crowd goes yeah. wild. Um, Wait, yeah, no, was, I, he he shaves less than I do, and I am I am hairless <laughs> until you get below my neck. Like it's just, it's. Yeah. Back, anyway, man. Uh, that's that's very petty. <laughs> I, his looks don't don't matter when it comes to um to his ability to govern. No. I mean, there's terribly ugly people that are perfectly good policy wonks um, working in the system. So anyway, I would say uh, if if ever you want to be successful in life and you find yourself to be terribly ugly, go into politics. Politics you, is you have <laughs> the last the last bastion. Or if you if you don't have the voice for radio, but you're a total asshole. Oh man, you got your you got a job in politics. That's it. You're you're there. Oh, or man. you have a weird name like Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. Go or get yeah. some. Yeah. Okay. On the political I, front. I, I I have to I have to ask you this though, Alex. Oh, okay. To, to, we, uh, fairness. The fairness doctrine, Alex. I don't think it ever got passed. Uh or no, it's no longer in play. But so we got we got Monsieur Pepe's talking points on a plane. It 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 bears mentioning. If Trudeau did do this, what kind of horrible puns do you think he would say on the oh god? Because I feel like he would say things like "It's not an aeroplane; it's a shiroplane." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like just real, real cringy. Uh, like the the like the least effective. No, I think he'd do a land acknowledgement where the plane was oh, actually sitting like, uh, before he started. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Remember, this air was originally the air of the Mississaugas <laughs> of the credits. The Mississaugas of the credits. Yeah. The of the credits <laughs> the this this they originally flew these skies with their prehistoric <laughs> aeroplane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it writes oh itself. It just writes, it writes itself. itself. Yeah. It writes itself. Yeah. yeah, he would yeah. be in a traditional uh, gravity Quebec, doesn't matter, a Quebec bonhomme de neige kind of outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I'd say it'd be like that's how ridiculous it would get. Yeah, but again, yeah. it would it would it would like the masses would be would be riled over this. So, oh, completely uh, riled. He would he would lift us up to the skies. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, more on. Do you want to go in the, more on the pol- political vein here? You want to? We gotta. Go I think cause this yeah. is kind of a. This is this is. I think this is more divisive than than we might actually. Than I originally thought about it. What? And that Bonnie? is. Yeah, old Bonnie. Oh, okay. Old old Bonnie because she, again, you have a job. Yeah. And now you are going to not do your job to pursue a different job, as all great mayors do. They are failed, usually failed. They fail first at provincial politics and then become mayors. But Crombie's like, I'm going to do it the opposite way. I'm going to do it the opposite way. Yeah. So Alex, tell us, tell a great, a great politician's name, actually. Bonnie Crombie. Bonnie, it is a great, it is a good one. I like it. So Bonnie Crombie 
is the mayor of one of the largest cities in southern Ontario, uh, Mississauga. And she has just taken a leave as of October 6th from her office to run for the liberal or Democrat, if you're in the United States, the liberal uh, provincial leadership. So she wants to be the premier of Ontario. And I'm to take on Dougie. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, to take on Doug Ford. I got to be honest with you. I'm actually excited about this. I haven't been excited for any political race at all anywhere except for when Biden beat Trump. So that was like my last like finally, you know, return to normality that I'm actually like I'm a little stoked for this. And I'm so stoked that I actually re-upped on my, um, you know, some people are going to be mad at this. I re-upped on my uh, liberal. I became a Liberal Party member just just to support Bonnie. No way. You're card-carrying these days? I'm card-carrying now, man, yeah. I mean, look. That's firing. Like, that's firing range. She's a successful woman as the mayor, um, and she's just done a dipsy-doodle. We talked about it, I think, on one of our other podcasts around Doug Ford and getting her to break up the region of Peel. Um, You know, said, you know, feigned that she was just loved him so much until he did it. And then the, the day after he did it for her in the legislature, he said, she said, by the way, I'm running against you as a Liberal Party leader. And he was like noticeably upset about it so i do remember um, that that was actually that was pretty sweet yeah, so good so, like, yeah just so good yeah <laughs> she's already proven that well it, it's actually this isn't hard to do is prove that you're smarter than doug ford there's there's a few i found um uh puffball do you know what these mushrooms are you, have you ever heard of puffball puffball mushrooms yes delicious delicious mushroom if you find one in your they look like a volleyball I'll find one on your lawn or something like that growing they're delicious pick it and eat it uh people pay a lot of money for them so puffballs um are this type of mycelium is actually known to be smarter than doug ford so it doesn't take a lot of <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of uh you, you know and mushrooms do nothing but just grow right they don't even they, they're not even sentient and they're still smarter than this man so body crombie has already shown that she's gonna i think you know much smarter than doug ford and I, again, I, I, I'm excited. She's a strong, she has a woman who has a lot of wisdom in politics. And I think All that right, she's- South Park, how is she, she, no, she's is she the, capable? She's the, energi- the energizing force that the Liberal Party needs right now. I'm very excited about her leadership race. So uh, I'm happy she she entered the race. And honestly, I think she's going to take the, 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 the nominee. There's no way you don't put Bonnie Crombie up against uh, Doug Ford when the other four people in the Liberal uh, nom- nomination race are like no one I've ever heard of. So, um, yeah, in I just, my in yeah. my petty assessment of the situation, I think with a perfect, you know, nineteen sixteen, no, nineteen twenty two, British boxer's name like and with a name like Bonnie Crombie, I feel like she's got this one in spades. She's gonna get in the okay. ring, she's gonna towel off, and she's gonna be like, "All right, you're going down in the fourth. I mean, in reality. I, I think there's a lot of ways in which you could create, a, you could put a candidate up against Doug Ford that's too equity seeking or too leftist in a way. But Bonnie yeah. Crombie is uh, the mayor of a city in the black, so Mississauga is known to have massive surplus because they have a lot of the industry outside of the GTA. She's been wildly successful as a mayor, and she has a, a literal tickle chunk, uh, tickle chest of 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 ammunition against Doug Ford. She's going to be like she's going to open this trunk up and all this magical shit's going to pour out that says it's it writes itself, man. There's she almost doesn't have to do anything. She literally has to just stand at the podium and let Doug Ford talk. She'll win. I don't don't even say anything, right? But 
she will say something and she I think she's going to crush him. I think the debates are going to be embarrassing. And I also think that Doug Ford will probably avoid some of them like Pierre Polyev does. Yeah. That's the oh, new conservative 100%. strategy because he's going to get made a fool of. And listen, I don't like being made a fool of myself. So in that respect, I, I kind of I get where he's coming from. But I, I certainly don't think that he's prepared physically. Well, clearly he's not prepared physically if you've ever seen Doug Ford. Uh, oh, yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally, to have uh, Bonnie Crombie come into his political But Alex, I have to continue your metaphor. Um, mm-hmm. if, if Bonnie Crombie is Ernie Coombs in this metaphor, with as the Mr. Dress Up titan of tickle trunkery, who then is Doug Ford? <laughs> Who is the who is the antithesis? I know to exactly. Mr. Dress up. He's Finnegan. Do you know why? Finnegan, because somebody has their hand up his ass making his <laughs> mouth move, and I know that because they just gave away the largest public land grab in the history of <laughs> fucking public land grabs. They just gave away the green belt to a bunch of to like four fucking developers. So this guy's bought and sold. Someone's hand is literally up his ass. He is Casey or Finnegan. He's one or the other. I don't know which one. Yeah, but Casey. Casey was Casey was so Finnegan. This is such a deep cut Canadian joke. I can't even begin to describe. <laughs> it's no. it's a fourth wall break inside a fourth wall you're rocking, break. You're rocking Finnegan against Mister Dress Up, my boy Coombs. Oh, nothing. You're nothing all day. You're putting zeros okay, okay. on the board. Didn't Casey have like a bit of a ro- like a rosy cheeked look about him? Casey did. Yes. That would actually that actually sort of marries with the fact that Doug Ford has hypertension. So I, he's not fitting in. <laughs> he's probably Casey. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So for, oh my what, God. what are we talking about? Who the fuck are we talking about? People are like, who, who the hell's Mr. Dress Up and Casey? Yeah. Go do, do your homework, people. Do your homework. Mr. Dress Up is a treasure, a Canadian yeah. treasure. Oh my Didn't goodness. he just get his own it's Netflix special or something? Didn't he? He, he got a documentary series, I believe. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. That's what it is. And it features comments from Mr. Rogers. So shout yeah. out. To all my Mr. Dress Up uh, fans, uh, Ernie, you you raised us all, and you didn't turn out to be like a British, you know, child star <laughs> yeah, or anything. Yeah. You were you weren't like a blesser. You were like a super nice guy, and also you just wanted to teach kids and have fun. That's kind of cool. Um, that's that's awesome. I uh, I <laughs> I don't know where to go from there because <laughs> I do I like I do find it fascinating how you can you can look. At an, the way I look at an insult is that this person is objectionable to humanity in general. Like that's that's how I look at offensive people because I feel offended by offensive things. And I'm just like, my goodness, you are like D- Doug Ford, dumb as a bag of wet hammers. You could swing a dead cat, look at the cat and be like, oh, you're clearly smarter than Doug Ford. Like the he is next level dumb. When you look at an insult, when you look at somebody, you're like, my goodness, you have hypertension. It's just so tangibly cutting. Like, just like, Jesus, how long have you had sepsis? And have you been to the doctor recently? (laughs) To me, to me, like some of the ways in which you can define people's um, like medical conditions by looking at them are in themselves, to your point, like. You've abused yourself in a lot of ways, and, 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 and that abuse has had taken its toll, mostly mentally and physically, on you. So, saying like when I said, "Oh, he probably has he probably has diabetes as well," this tells you everything you need to know about Doug Ford. He can't control himself, right? You know, um, no. 
anyway, and he doesn't exercise that much is wildly clear. I just, I think that it just, that, that, that is just so, that is like such a perfect lens. I can, I don't have to, <laughs> yeah. to look at the world through all like uh, through the potentialities of all comorbidities. You're just <laughs> yeah. like, my, my God, your insurance is about to go up. Like yeah, there yeah. is no one giving you life insurance. No, <laughs> you know, like, no. Lo- like, Hey there, my left foot that you're about to lose. What's going on? Like, this is, oh, that's, that's perfect. That is perfect. I I'm, better, I'm glad I can make your way. day better with, <laughs> with comorbidity <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Actually, you just sent me something. What did you send me? Um, you sent me the, in this vein. You sent me something. Um, oh, the way doctors talk. The way doctors talk to patients. Oh, no, yes, bit. it's that comedy bit. Yeah. So that's actually um, okay. So let's let, we'll we'll sort of open it up for the discussion here. Uh, Adam sent me uh, like it was like a comedy routine where a doc is actually doing a doctor is doing comedy, and he's talking about something like patients come in and tell you this ten minute story, useless to, information, totally useless to tell you then that they have a cut on their foot right it's like so i was doing this thing and it's like yes okay <laughs> i don't care so i text you back that's entirely true and <laughs> it is it totally is i there's no shortage of patients i've gone okay so you know uh you know why'd you call 9 today or why do you at the hospital today or what brings you to emerge whatever the case is right and they're like well you know Back in 64, it's like, oh, what? It's like, my dad, he bought this tractor, and the tractor had a hitch on it. And that hitch I left on the tractor for the last 40 years. And then my son came along, and he changed the hitch. It was slightly longer, so when I went around it, you know, I ended up bumping my leg. And it's like, holy, f- okay, why are we why? here today? What brings you here today? They're like, oh, I'm getting there. It's like, no, no, get there now. Get there now, man. I don't have time for this. We have no shortage of patients who do this, who think I will give you the the, the sort of the context of my life story so you can understand how I felt in the moment when I bruised my shin. It's like, please don't. Please. Yeah. I beg you. Stop. You know. But. No, I, 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 I felt it because I have always been trained by the medical professionals in my life when it's like when you go to the doctor get to the point where yeah. does it hurt what is the exact thing you're concerned about does your behavior contribute to it please prescribe medicine or further treatment totally. like and especially with you know public health care times for it, gps in canada your clinic session is getting reduced from like 30 minutes down to 15 sometimes totally. 10 you got to get it out why are yeah. you there foot pain persists for the last two weeks advil tylenol is not working I've taken to putting, you know, uh, tissue paper in my left shoe so I don't stop walking so funny. Cool. Prescribe you a friggin' uh, doc to look at your foot. Go there. We'll follow it up with your online med. Okay, cool. Thanks, doc. That's all I need. Boom. But, but there, there's, 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 this, there's some variability here because when you're in an emergency room or, you know, if you call paramedics to your home, you're trying to do something quickly, right? So mm-hmm. sort of getting to the point is the point. But... Going to your GP sometimes, it might be better to flush out something like that. So I would say that, so you're totally right. We're straining by trying to get to the point really quickly. And that often leads to like a pill or referral, but it may not be exactly what you needed. In the it, We're sort of backwards here. We're getting the long versions during the acute phase and we're getting the short versions during Fair the enough. chronic chronic phase, right? It's like, 
Yeah. What are we doing? We're doing a lot wrong here. So um, we tend to do this. And I mean, in addition, we're all trying to move so fast in healthcare um, to meet the resource, to, the demand set and, and the resources are thin, right? So it's on all these, you know, push and pull on us all the time. So we're often like short with people about what we need to get out of them in order to treat them to get to the next patient. Yep. So we're not yep. actually, we're not, we're not doing it better. Like it's just, it's the way it is sometimes. So um, that video did resonate nope. with me. I thought, yeah, it's, but it's no, totally- I, even the last time I took uh, a person very close to me, not my girlfriend, but someone in our lives to the emergency room. She's English second language. She doesn't like going to the hospital. She may be my mother-in-law one day, um, you know, and she, I, she, there was, she was injured at work and she had a, a foot injury and we, you know, we went to pick her up. So we're going to take her to the emergency room. She said, I, I am no longer able to walk. So hop in the car. I'm talking to her throughout the process of getting to the hospital. I said, cool. Where does it hurt? She's like, oh, like when, when I stand, it's like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, no. Where does it hurt? And she's like, well, and when, when I move my knee this way, I'm like, where does it hurt? Where, just, <laughs> right. there, the place. Point to it. Point to it with your finger. And she's like, bottom of my foot here. And I'm like, cool. Left side, right side. Top side, bottom side. Closer to the heel, closer to the front. She finally got her, literally pointed to her foot. And I'm like, cool. When we get you to the hospital, we're going to put you in a wheelchair. We're going to roll you up to reception or whatever the, the, the triage, initial triage is. And we're going to tell them that. And that's you have foot how pain. they're going to. That's it. Yeah. You have, you have foot pain right there. Situation was work injury. You stepped funny. All the words you need to say. It's like, okay, ready. We get to the hospital. She's in a lot of pain. You know, put her in the wheelchair, roll her up. About to get there. A person's taking a quick. They're like, do you have your your healthcare information ready? Because they're trying to push us through. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, I got all all the information right here. They bring us into the the triage area real quick at the reception to like talk to us one-to-one because she's in the wheelchair. They can't talk over the desk. And the woman's like, all right, so what's the problem? And she's like, and I'm like, remember what I told you? And she's like, yeah. And the woman's like, okay, where does it hurt? Or what's the problem? And she's like, okay, so I'm at work earlier today. I'm like, what? <laughs> we just we just rehearsed this. We just we did this entire process. You got to know. And then then the woman's like, okay. And so uh, clearly, well, like I did, the 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 nurse is like, okay, um, so it hurts here? And she's like, uh, no, it hurts here. She's like, okay, so it's ankle pain? She's like, yeah, ankle pain. I'm like, no, none of that. It is lower foot pain. She stepped funny, awkwardly on something. And she needs to have it looked at potentially an x-ray because she can't identify the source of the pain. Nurse looks at me and she's like, all right, I'm going with that. Done. And she yeah, exactly. writes yes. it down. And she's like, here's your paper. Go around. Yeah. And I'm like, I tell my future mother-in-law, I'm like, we, we rehearsed this. You have lower <laughs> foot pain, not ankle pain. It's not in your ankle. Is it in your ankle? She's like, no. I'm like, then no. why did you do this in your ankle? <laughs> So we get there, and I'm like, she's like, it's the pain of the former Soviet Union coming out. So, and it was like, it's one of those very, for me, it was a very adorable moment. Got to be the future son-in-law, you know, play played it right. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my goodness, we like, how many times a day does that nurse just trying to get through it in emerge? Especially, she's like, she's like, just trying to get through it. And she, she here, she might seem snippy, but she's just like, no. There's ten people behind you. Just, just tell me how I can triage you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the concept I just saw live, and that was nuts. So I've seen triage nurses do this. Like, mom brings in kid, and you know, trying to talk to the 
kid and the mom at the same. They're both kind of giving you varied accounts, and they go, "Okay, fever next." Like they'll just like, "I'm gonna assign you something that will get you seen," because I don't really know what the fuck's. I'll let the doc deal with it because they just people you can't get the information on them, right? So they'll just yep. like assign some random thing that's probably worse than your problem, but at least gets you seen and is not no, like it doesn't misrepresent you in a way that you're gonna die from. So it's like, yeah, fine, yeah. fever, go. When in actuality, it was like. I have a, you know, I, I got a beast or like a whatever. I have an, a spider bite. It's like, yeah, fever's worse than that. Fine, take fever. Because like you never, you, people are just, you know, you can't get through them. So yeah, anyway, I thought that was a bit, uh, it's a bit funny. I'm sure there's lots of people who are like, I overexplain things too. It's like, yes, yeah, stop. Stop it right yeah. now. Yeah, It's like in, in a business meeting, quietest, quietest person in the room. In front of a triage nurse, oh, they got anecdotes for days. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. Okay, I did want to talk to you about this because I thought it was a bit interesting from the uh, political uh, on the political spectrum with respect to everything that's going on with Donald Trump. I think we talked about in the last podcast about the Trump indictments, what that looks like, how that's rolling out, and I think we're going to see more. You know, more of that information is coming out, and some of the uh, the Trump mugshot certainly came out in the time in between that we did the last two the last podcast, which I, I'm not very especially interested in. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's I don't take any schadenfreude in the guy having a mug shot taken. It's just, no, that's what you I've have. only had it tattooed on my lower left ankle. But I mean, other than that, I, yeah, me, it's I, just I my care. back. I but, um, I didn't put it on two places in my body. I only did one. So yeah. Low, I, lower I just, back above the butt. Of you course, get, lower you get a Trump back. Tramp yeah. stamp, the Trump just stamp. in case if I shit myself, you know, when I'm, and then it comes up my back, it will just be in his mouth a little bit. You know, you, you, you brown beard, your Trump tattoo. That makes perfect that's sense. It. I totally understand. So I don't really care about that kind of stuff. That's not, I don't think, him getting a mugshot is the reason we should think he's bad. It's for all of the legal reasons that we should think that. So I wasn't quite, I wasn't really interested in that, but we do have this whataboutism um, largely on the right. And uh, we see it in the States a lot. What about Biden? What about Hunter Biden? What, you know, what about, what about, what about? So what about Hillary's emails? It's like, man, we got to let these, this kind of stuff go. But anyway, um, I saw this come up today in my news feed, and I thought this is interesting. Um, so Hunter Biden um, was indicted on federal firearms charges. I don't know if you heard about this. The old indictation. That's, yeah. That's, that'll get you. Um, in a long-running investigation into the U.S. president's son that puts the case on track toward a possible high-stakes trial as the 2024 presidential election comes about this is reporting through cbc news again i'm trying to use a lot more canadian sources after um meta has defunded canadian news like a bunch of cucks that they are allegedly um i'm just going to keep using canadian news news sources anytime i try to quote something so um i guess hunter biden is accused of lying about his drug use while well, and he bought a firearm in 20, 2018 which apparently you're not allowed to buy a firearm when you're on drugs in the u.s i actually thought they want you on more drugs when you buy it so that's my bad um a period come on when, alex <laughs> so he he in 20, 2018 he bought this firearm it's a period when he acknowledged he was struggling with an addiction to crack cocaine according to the indictment filed in federal court in delaware so it, this comes after um, the article saying the indictment comes weeks after the collapse of a plea deal that would have averted a criminal trial. And I think that there was a lot of um, people saying like, well, look, 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 Hunter Biden gets to plea out of this thing that he did, you know, a federal gun crime. Sure. Um, and, and look at Donald Trump, you know, shouldn't he get the same deal? And they're targeting Donald Trump. And it's like those two, the four indictments against Donald Trump are wildly different from a single gun charge by Hunter Biden. 
despite how much you want them to be the same. They're wildly different. Moreover, if you're if we want to talk about the corruptions of the sons, we should just start talking about Jared Kushner and the Trump crime family right now. No one wants to do that. I certainly don't care. I'm not, I don't want to talk about it either, but at least be intellectually honest about these things. That said, Hunter Biden deserves everything he's going to get here for whatever the mistakes he's made. Uh, and, you know, drugs, the drug abuse notwithstanding, which I get he gets a bit, I, get, I, I have some sympathy for that myself as, you know, I think we've experienced, we've had friends or we have family members suffering with addiction. You know, that doesn't mean that you get to make bad decisions all the time and you're free from consequences. I think that largely people think Trump should be free of all the consequences for all the bad decisions he made, but somehow Hunter Biden shouldn't. So I'm not sure how you square that or how that's intellectually honest um, or how that, you know, doesn't stoke the whataboutism. But um, I'm open to arguments about why Trump is innocent and Hunter Biden should get uh, the gulag. But I don't I don't think any of those arguments are going to be particularly convincing. Alex, you remain consistent with our um, really honest and fair ridicule of, you know, supposed Nickelback lover, Kim Davis. Um, <laughs> Nickelback, poor Nickelback. You, I know. They're, they're, like, it's really, they've done really well for themselves. And I still use have them as a scapegoat. So. Have you seen that Fred Savage and uh, Deadpool skit where he's, where he make Fred Savage actually makes a joke about Nickelback? <laughs> Oh, bro, it's so what? good. And okay, yeah, I, you got. I, I if I find it, I'll send it to you because it's. He's like he said something like, "Yeah, you know, something Nickelback," and then dead. Well, who is Ryan Reynolds? Obviously, who's Canadian? Turns to him and goes, "Are, are you serious with the Nickelback comments?" And he's like, "Yeah, why? W what's going on?" He's like, six like Grammys." Platinum. He's like, yeah, triple platinum <laughs> album, fifty million albums sold. And he go, he has this long list of accolades, and then he's like, he's like six Grammys, and those count. And uh, he goes, so why? Why are you shitting all over Nickelback? They have Junos. <laughs> Did you? That's what he said. He goes, he goes six Grammys, three Junos, those count. And then he, and so so Fred Savage is like, I, I was just joking, man. I didn't think you'd take it this seriously. He's like, well, I do, I do. Okay. Okay, so, so they're honestly so they are. It is un, they are like unimpeachably wildly successful band, and yeah. like the last the last pop rock band to still pump out pop rock. Okay, so they're they are they are doing exactly what it says on the tin. Apparently, they're eleventh they, all time on the pop charts. Like they're if you aggregate like, all of their hits, they're eleventh overall. It would make perfect. It would make perfect sense if they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They should be. Like, but I can say all these things. But as a Canadian, like loving maple syrup and having a pet beaver, if I don't hate <laughs> hate on Nickelback now and again, am I really demonstrating my national identity for what right. it, you know what it right. what yeah. it truly is? Like if like if I don't send an envelope full of anthrax to Celine Dion once a month on the first of the month. Am I really, am yeah. I Canadian? I don't know. I, you know, no, I know that's wildly specific about what I'm doing, but, but I didn't do to it. To her but. Vegas apartment yeah, at, sun, yeah. at 33 Sunshine that's Row. It, yeah. It's, it's exactly. wildly specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five, five, four, two, five. That's <laughs> never mind. <laughs> if I don't send a dirty pair of my underwear to Shania Twain at her Vegas show, am I really Canadian? Probably not. Yeah. Anyway. No. It it makes it she she needs 
she she needs someone who can do that. That's what she <laughs> yeah. So Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. But if if we're gonna apply the same level of ridicule to fucking around and finding out, what we have at, at least is Hunter, it would seem that you fucked around. You're about to find out. Trump, it would seem that after forty-five to fifty years of impropriety and fucking around, hanging out with a guy who had a child pedophile island for a little while, a little no too much, and, fuck, and fucking around. But you know, but Bill oh. Clinton knew him as well, Adam. I don't know if you know that. What about? Oh. What about Bill Clinton? What about? Bill what Clinton? about? What about? Yeah. Well, fucking around. Yeah. Find, finding out. You know what? You I, know what his I, punishment is? He's married to Hillary Clinton. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> Alex, you should. Ask, you got You know what? That should be what the, the judge should do. Well, uh, Mr. Trump, we can either give you fifty years in prison. Or you have to marry Hillary Clinton. He'd be like, "Guess I'm going to prison." Like honestly, I think that'd be his. That Could you imagine so if that- much, that's so much harder on Hillary? Yeah. If anything, no, I would say the sentence would have to be: you have to convince your wife to kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, Mr. you better, you better just kill me yeah. now. <laughs> you better. He's like, he's like, he's like, how long do I have? They're like, well, fifty years prison, and he's just like. What he's could like, I do quicker? Your Honor, Baron was conceived in a test tube. So yeah, he's I, like Baron is Don Junior's son. I don't know if you've noticed. I <laughs> had to, I had to do the old Houdini to get it done. Don Junior was Stuck asleep in there. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I used my son as a stunt cock while I drugged him beforehand. It's an old Epstein trick. It works every time. <laughs> it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, fuck. Allegedly. 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 We are not journalists. This is not no. this is idiots talking out of their asses through their mouths. You're not suggesting um, that Donald Trump drugged his son, Don Jr., of the same name, then jacked him off in his sleep into a receptacle. No. Then Alex. you then then took that that ejaculate and then put it inside his wife somehow using Alex. some type of device like a turkey baster you're not saying Alex. that at all i am not saying that no i'm old-fashioned okay, i am old-fashioned he drugged his son and then got his daughter to jerk him off mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. he did the old he did the old here comes the airplane <laughs> into his wife while his son was asleep and his daughter clearly complicit in the entire incestuous of course, relationship of just went with it so that they could inseminate, inseminate his wife and have it have a have a, a brother son Son, grandson, whatever. Son, 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 grandson, whatever Baron is. is God. Hold on. Is Baron his own grandpa now? No. I Baron is his own. Honestly, best. Can I, can I say something that might sound very crass, but I think could be the best thing to happen in the 20th century? Baron Trump identifies as anything but a male. <laughs> I I'm love talking, it. I'm talking. I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking gender or sexuality. I'm talking like. He is a furry and Ethereum. He identifies as Ethereum. I love it. Yeah. He just shout out to my Ethereum community and all my furry adjacent Ethereans. I think that would actually be the best thing in the 20th century. Next to next to intergalactic space travel, Baron Trump just shattering the Trump legacy. I love in it. In their eyes with an inclusive, a seeking out of inclusivity. Because you know Tiffany I, I, tried, but it did. <laughs> In the, name of, in the words of one of my coworkers, I love that for Baron Trump. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that's funny. 
So okay, Hunter. Unfortunately, I feel like Hunter's gonna Hunter's gonna find out, which I think is a very well, the, the plea deal's been rejected, right? So he he's not getting he can't plea out of it. So he, he's going to do some type of time here. I and that and when I say time, it could be community service. Like I honestly don't know what it would be like. I, my yeah. intuition is that he should do something like a couple of years, but get off early. So, but to prove to everyone who thinks that we, you know, like, like Vivek Ramaswamy, who I didn't even really want to bring up in this podcast, but I feel like we're going oh. to have to talk about him at some point. Oh, that guy is the worst. The worst. So, you know, it's like to prove to guys like him that the system isn't flawed and that getting rid of the FBI and defunding them is a bad idea, but whatever. Anyway. Um, I did want to talk to you about something else. Um, as long as we're done with that topic, did you have something more to say yeah. about it? No, it's all good. So good, good on, good luck, Hunter. Good luck, Donald. Um, right. We will no, see I, how the American justice system treats you. My, I, I'm betting. Unfortunately, they're going to have tennis courts wherever they go. Totally. Um, yeah, I was in New York uh, this past weekend. I don't know. Did I tell you I was leaving for New York? I think I did. You right? told me. Yeah, you told me you were going to do two things: smoke uh, cigars and yep. not go to anywhere but the Met. That's so. I I, I did that a little bit. Uh, the second one, not as much, but the first one I absolutely did do. Um, you, I, you, not people don't probably know this about me. That why would they? Um, I, I'm not a cigar aficionado, but I do enjoy a cigar, probably on a weekly or biweekly basis. It's my sort of one of my vices, along with drinking and being a cuck. Um, so there is, uh, there's Davidoff. It's a, it's on Madison. Uh, Avenue downtown, New York City. Uh, it's there's a couple locations, but this is a this one's special. It's got a smoking room in it. Now, um, uh, my friend, I we went with a couple of couples, and we went to, uh, and my friend that I was with, uh, actually Terry, he's a, he's a, also a cigar smoker. We go in there and we start Get spending out a T bone, T bone. You start spending a bit too much money on cigars, and then we're like, yeah, so we're gonna buy the cigar. We're gonna go in their smoking room, and the guy turns to us and goes. It's a hundred dollars, a hundred dollar a month membership for the smoking room. What? And this is USD. So, what is that? One hundred thirty-seven dollars. Gonna one hundred thirty-six dollars and fifty cents. So, I'm not about to pay one hundred thirty-seven bucks to get into a room to smoke a forty dollar cigar. That doesn't actually make any sense. It's free to smoke outside. So, Dude. but I did really want it, like, you know, you're on Madison Avenue. It's kind of a big deal. You know, you're at Davidoff. We wanted to kind of sit there and do it. It's got these nice leather chairs. There's like these special range hoods above you that pull all the smoke up. So the, 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 the air is nice and clean in there. You know, like, you like, can it, smoke we, like a, like an Arabian or Saudi Arabian King. Totally. And there's a bunch of guys who came in that were buying cigars. And it's funny when they walk in this, you know, you'd like to feel this way. I'm, I'll never happen to me in my life, but this guy walks in, he's a w- really well-dressed older guy. And he said, you know, hey, Antonio, like the guy that was selling the cigars. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, how did you like those? Whatever he sold them before. He goes, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm here. Uh, I'm here for another couple of boxes. So he buys 50 boxes. cigars. Yes. Which is like, I think, is it two? That's two boxes. And the boxes, they're wildly expensive, right? We're talking like 1,500 bucks a box or something. These freaking yeah. cigars. And he goes, do you want me to wrap those up? And he goes, you know what? No, open one of the boxes and give me one right now. I'm going to the smoking room. And it's like, this is this guy's life. He comes, he's walking around on Madison Avenue. He buys three grand worth of cigars, takes one out. He already has a membership there, smokes, and he's very well-dressed. The guy's probably well-to-do, right? Lives downtown New York mm-hmm. City. Like, he's doing something. So, you know, you look at this and go, 
yeah, we're smoking outside. <laughs> I'm not going in there now. Like it was just totally, yeah, anyway, it was wild. So um, we ended up uh, each buying a Davidoff cigar that we wanted to smoke for that day. We were walking around smoking and we come upon uh, the plaza, which is like, I think at fifth and central park drive, I think. And, the hotel. Um, the plaza hotel. Yeah. Everybody knows it from home alone, you know? Well, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. And, um, uh, Crystal wants to buy an ice cream. And so we sit outside and there's this guy selling uh chocolate vanilla swirl. Do you know what that is? Yeah, like, like the, where, the soft like serve? Like the soft serve where they swirl it. Yeah. It's like Crystal's thing. She do, just loves it. What yeah. do you mean? Do you mean the, the cure for racism? Chocolate vanilla swirl? That's it. Oh, that's also the cure for, I didn't know if people knew that too, but yes. So we get yeah. this freaking cone and we are kind of like sitting around the plaza there's a big sort of like for people who don't know who haven't been downtown new york before there's a big like fountain in front of the plaza where you can kind of sit and there's areas anyway so there's another older couple there they're in their 50s and tara and i are there smoking our cigars away and we're kind of like watching around and this guy walks up this shirtless guy with um just wearing pants and he looks like he's got a mental health problem and this old guy's about to put a hot dog in his mouth and this guy like slams it out of his hand onto the ground and he screams at this old guy like, you fucking killed my mother. And it's like, oh, my God. So here we go. Uh-oh. So Yeah. The point of my story, I wasn't bragging about the Davidoff cigars. I was just giving the context of what, why we were down there, what we we're doing. What and, your uh, situation was all about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now we've got, so, you know, we're here smoking and the girls are eating their soft serve, whatever. And, uh, and we're in front of the plaza for fuck's sakes. And there's this guy and he's got clearly like schizophrenic or something like that. So it's kind of modern whole experience for us now. But, uh, <laughs> but it brought me to a, like this realization. It's like, man, there is a lot of homeless people in New York City for a cold city. You know, it see, there seems to be a ton of homeless people. Now, I thought, am I noticing there's a lot of homeless people because I look for homeless people, or is there actually a lot of homeless people? Hard to know, right? Um, so, anyway, so the, the experience was good. It was the bougiest thing we've done in a while. Uh, friend, the friends we went down with, they did a Peloton cycle. Do you know what this is? Like the live yeah, I classes. Think you, I, I think you've mentioned yeah, what like, a peloton, a pelotoning, uh, a pelotonio, a, pe- a pelotonification. The, I don't even know what the studio is, but they went like a couple of the girls went um, or the wives. They went and did like the ride. And it was like, they're like, this was the best thing in so, my life. Which, so for, for our them, listeners, this is, this is called, you know, the people, some people have destination weddings. Some people also have destination workouts. They told so. me that this is exactly what that was. Like they brought their gear down and they like, you know, they knew their favorite instructor they wanted to cycle with, things like that. Where Jeez. I was like, man, I, I just want to go to the Met and smoke a cigar. Like I don't really give a, yeah. this is not for me, right? So we did end up going to the Met. want to go to Eat a ham sandwich and get uh, a beer by the gallon. Actually, we um we went to Quality Meats. Uh, quality is a restaurant chain in New York, and they've got three like quality. I think it's a quality Italian, quality meats, and quality bistro or something like that. Uh, we went to Quality Meats though. I highly recommend if you're in New York and you're you want a good um you want a good meal, uh, and you'll enjoy steak. Quality Meats is for you. Um. So anyway, we do. We also did the Met as well, which I don't know if you have you been to the Met. I've never been to the Met, no. So funny story, I've only been to New York at night and for intervals of 12 to 15 hours. Oh, you had layovers? Yeah, that sucks, man. No, fraternity outings. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Where were you though? Were you you like in in, in Manhattan or were? It was in Manhattan in the meatpacking district. 
Oh, so, okay, and, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So and so yeah. there's the other thing. So I've never. Here's the fun part. I've never been to New York with money, which is I, I would which I, I would like to return. Uh, well, neither have I. So. I'm sorry. I've never been to New York with credit. It's what I should have said. I've never That's been right. to New York yeah. with credit. Okay, so I did go to New York with credit. So um, yeah, the Mets very nice. Like, th- what astounds me about the New York Metropolitan Museum is that it takes up a footprint of land that must be incredibly oh. expensive like it of is course. it's so big in there i didn't realize actually how big it was and now i understand why they have like the met ball there but um some of the pieces in there are ridiculous like they have uh van gogh's potato peeler like they have that mm-hmm. picture is there they have the statue of uh hercules um yeah they have this they have Perseus with the with Medusa's head, like the sword, with the head of Medusa, where it's where yeah, he's holding the head exactly. of Medusa. So they have that statue there, and they have it. This there's like they have a Jackson Pollock. Looks there. like flesh. Oh, it does. It really does. They have the they have a Jackson Pollock there that is like, I think it's twenty by ten or fifteen. It's a massive painting. They have some of the most like the Dollies in there, the uh, Monets, the the um the the Picassos, like all the mate the big the big names. There's I don't even know how many billions of dollars of art is in there, but there's some, some pretty wild stuff in there. Um, so I recommend everybody to go see it because I think there's something, um, their collection of medieval weapons and guns. I was blown away by like guns from the early 1900s that were crafted by Germans. Like they're just the wild man. The things they do, they have those, like they have flintlock guns in there. They've got sabers. They've got whole, they, the whole samurai outfits, like crazy shit like that, that you just, you don't get to see a lot. Right. So anyway, dude, I digress. Um, you're looking up how much money is in the Met, the Met right now. It's a lot. No, I'm just trying to say is, is Guernica at the Met? No, Let's Guernica see. is in Madrid. Never mind. Yeah. Guernica is where Picasso is from. Okay. I'm just trying to think what Picasso's would be at the Met. Oh, they have they have a number of his uh, later works, a couple, a couple early ones that you're like, that's a Picasso. And then some of his later works are a little darker and a little bit weirder. Um, yeah. Well, we- weird and dark is kind of Picasso's MO. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. Okay, cool. All right. So anyway. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I, what I noticed was that so many, there's just so many homeless people everywhere. And they've done those thing to the benches where they took all the park benches and put like the you rails know, the, or the, whatever the, the rails hell in the arm middle rest? yeah armrests so uh, that the people can't sleep on the benches so i did a bit yeah. of digging on this because i thought man this what's up with the number of homeless people and i constantly hear on the right that democratic cities have more homeless right they're the they're this like la new york they're all the cities that are like they're all falling to ruins and things like that and and i thought okay that can't necessarily be true well here's what i found oh between 2012 and 2022, which is the the the, the most accurate data that we have um, uh, in the U.S. around homelessness, homelessness has almost been exactly the same. Oh, yeah. And I thought y- your mind—you probably thought, "Well, hold, look, we're we're talking about highest cost of living, high interest rates, highest." Right? Wait, wait, wait. The yeah, same wages are up. where. The same where and what does same mean? Okay, so in in across the U- United States, between 2012, so the 10-year period between 2012 and 2022, homelessness has relatively been the exact same year over year. 
So the, that community, is the same amount of homeless people. The, correct. The volume of people is exactly the same. So the dispersion of where they are, I, I didn't really get into those that 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 data. But yeah. I would have thought, hold on, we have so many programs that are quote tackling homelessness. How are the number of people of how are the number of homeless staying the same? Right. So you would you might say okay well if they've been increasing from over the last 10 years you would say well yes the population has been increasing so the increase might be proportionate to the number of people no that that's not that's actually not the case in fact in 2012 we had one of the highest homeless populations in the US at 621,000 homeless but by 2022 it's only gone down to 582 so about 40,000 less. So in Holy 10 crap. years, in 10 years, despite the rise in population in the United States, immigration, a bunch of things, we've they've only managed to tackle homelessness to the tune of 40,000 people. That's like very bad. It looks like the worst metric I've ever looked up. Like, this was what, 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 7%? You, you've, literally, 7 you've literally done nothing for homelessness. In fact, hold on. Some, that 7% could be incidental. It could be like people accidentally found work or a home. Right? Or, like died, you, or just or died. Or yeah, died. Right? Your so population has decreased for if you many said, reasons. If, the, if said, well, we've reduced homelessness by 40%, I'd say, okay, well, there's probably programs which we could measure in a way that would get you there. That doesn't seem to be the case. Moreover, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. You have something to say about that. But I mean, this is the opposite of the Canadian way, which is we're trying to test to see what increases homelessness by reducing the accessibility to housing altogether. So, Correct. Yes. I mean, yes. we are speed running the opposite <laughs> metric where it's we don't want to try to reduce homelessness by 7%. We want to try to increase it by 70. Well, well let's see the, how fast. It, it depends on the government you're talking about. But yes, there are certain federal and that, provincial across yeah, the country. Okay. So <laughs> then I said, OK. Hold on. No one is really affecting homelessness in a big way. What is the, So that doesn't really answer the question, are democratic cities overrun with homelessness? And the answer yeah. kind of is, what do you think it is? It's, I would say yes, because you have the highest population density. Cor correct. That's intuitive. So you're a smart person. So right. homelessness is generally measured in people, homeless number of homeless per 100,000 residents. Yeah. Now, the top 10, they're exactly what you think they are. Oregon, LA, Oregon actually surprised me a little bit. They have a really, so they don't, they representatively, they don't have a massive population. They seem to have a ton of homeless people. So Oregon, uh, Los Angeles. Portland, man. Yeah, totally. If, if Portland and wine country. Totally, that yeah. Makes, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, New York, San Jose, Seattle, Anchorage, Alaska has a per, like per capita homeless rate of 274 Ooh. people. We're like, look, LA, 397 per 100,000. Anchorage, Alaska, 274. Now there's only like 200,000 um, people in fucking Anchorage. So that's the problem is that I, I know it's proportionate, but fuck, that seems like still a lot. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, San Francisco, no, but, Savannah, but Georgia. Have, I have to interject. Anchorage, Alaska is a resource town. It so is, but it's... Okay, Same problem here, in Anchorage that you might have in Calgary, Edmonton. But, but here's what I notice about the data. Most of these cities are either very, very, very large or they're very, very warm. So Anchorage is a bit of an outlier, right? That's cold. It is cold there. Same with Oregon and same with, um, uh, where is another one I saw here? Uh, no, the rest are all hot. Las Vegas, San Fran, Savannah, San Diego, Reno, 
Vallejo, Amarillo, Texas, Tallahassee, Florida, Napa Valley. That's also freaking strange. The Napa Valley. Florida makes sense. Florida does make sense to me, but again, they're all warm places. So, but Na- Napa Valley needs uh, f- uh, foreign workers to effectively work. Ah, so well done. So, the more you look at these numbers, you realize: hold on, these aren't necessarily places where they're Democrat-led, which they are, but they're places that are that have a lot of resources, are warm, which you could live outdoors, and a, this is the other key factor. Democratic cities or cities run by Democrats or states that are Democratic tend to have more programs commensurate with helping the homeless. So Alex, are you trying to are you trying to tell me that when my tax dollars go to social services, especially the to those that are the most downtrodden or potentially the most vulnerable, might actively serve those people? to get them out of poverty and or correct. homelessness? Is correct. That, is, yeah. that what, is that what you're saying? Here's the other thing. The data gathered from these, how do you know how many homeless live in, in New York, right? You might say, will you go around asking people if they're homeless and hope you don't cross the same person twice? No, you look at shelter data. So people who go to shelters, that's the people they count. If you never go to a shelter, you're not counted as homeless. So think about that, right? So where is the highest LA. density? LA and Anchorage are there probably way higher. Well, ha- where's the highest density of shelters? They're not in the middle of nowhere where no one can get to them, where there's no healthcare resources or anything like that. Where are they? They're in cities. What do cities tend to be? More democratic. So the idea, I guess I hopefully I've laid this out in a way that makes sense. The idea that democratic cities are falling to shit and that they they have more homeless people in them than anywhere else. Well, that's certainly true because that's where all the resources are. And I provided you with the, the, the base stat that homelessness hasn't actually changed in the last 10 years. In fact, it's gone slightly down in the U.S. from, again, 2012, there were 621,000 homeless people in the U.S. to 2022, 582,000. So, so you did the quick math there. I guess I'm going to believe you if you say 7%. So we've had a decrease in homelessness overall in the U.S. by about 7%. Yet the idea this scare tactic that democratic cities are being laid waste to by homeless. It's, it's, it's not compatible with the reality of what's going on. But okay. So I have two comments. One is clearly Oklahoma is still the worst state in the United States because they're <laughs> basically a libertarian bastion owned by corporations. If you're from Oklahoma, I was going to say it was one of the Dakotas, but. We could argue about which no, one. Oh, no, oh, you'd okay, be surprised. The Dakotas are <laughs> at least they had resources. Um, sorry, if you're if you're an Oklahoma resident that listens to the podcast and you have resources enough to quite literally get on a bus and leave today, I highly recommend you should do. Uh, that. If you're an if you're an Oklahoma resident who uh, finds us detestable and thinks that God will ultimately smite us, and you are close to a bus station, and you can get out of Oklahoma. Don't stay. You're you're right where you need to be. <laughs> I thought you were hey. gonna say throw yourself under the bus, but okay, never mind. Nope. God's will, God's plan. You're you're doing exactly what you need to do. God I hope it. you like your I hope you like your health insurance premiums for the rest of your twenty two year life if you're right. already twenty two. <laughs> um that's A. Comment B is uh, this is actually that this is a I'm glad you mentioned where the data came from. Because I have now, and maybe a medical experience question for you. In your opinion, not medical opinion, maybe medically informed opinion, but in your opinion, how many 
homeless drug addicted, uh, drug addicted people do you think are seeking out shelters versus places where they can commune yeah, with other yeah. people that are doing drugs? That's a good question. I don't even have data to support that, but my, I can tell you what my intuition is having worked with homeless and addicted people for the last 20 years of my life. The, there's an isolationism to being a drug addict that, yeah. that breeds more, that furthers your addiction, right? If there's no one to tell you no, then yes is the answer all the time, right? So, so, so being in a crack den, I think that's what you're alluding to, is if not a crack den. Then yeah, like a, yeah, it, uh, essentially, it's, yeah, it's ultimately people you can shoot up with. It's ultimately good for two reasons. One, you can shoot up in unison or whatever, so that one of you is if you overdose, the other one helps you out, something like that. And there's plentiful amounts of drugs around. So that's the reason why you can't be in a shelter because shelters don't allow you to do drugs in the shelter. And they certainly don't allow you to sell drugs in the shelter or or bring sh drugs in. Now, is there drugs in the shelter system? 100% there is. Yes. But it's actually sometimes the best source of clientele for drug dealers. Correct. Um, especially if you sit outside and you wait for people to leave the shelter who are yes. like jonesing, those are, that's, that, that's the best time, right? Um, the other thing is though, that I should mention here, there's a really good Ted talk on it is that the more you're around, the more community you have, the less, the less you are apt to lapse into addiction. So there's a really good study. I wish I could bring up the study's name. I'm usually pretty good at this stuff. Um, it was about, um, a rat. They put a rat in a cage and they gave it cocaine water. They gave it two choices, sorry. They gave it water on one side of the cage and cocaine water on the other side of the cage. This rat was by itself. You know, you already know what happened. This this oh, yeah. rat went to the cocaine water. Of course he did, right? And he developed a terrible addiction. And in fact, he 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 did so much cocaine water, it, he killed himself. So the rat had nothing to do though, except for the cocaine water. So what the why this experiment is important is that they took the same sort of groups of rats like whatever same they're genetically similar and they put them into a big cage and they put they gave them activity wheels they gave them things that they could run through mazes things like that and they put the two cocaine waters back into the into the cage with them unsurprisingly or maybe surprising to some some people's chagrin here a couple of the rats did the cocaine water they didn't become addicted they did it infrequently, and most of the rats actually drank from the normal water. And it showed, and it's a rat study, you might tell me, it's going to be like, I'm Jordan Peterson, you hear about the lobsters. But it's like, unsurprisingly, community and having people to rely on and having building meaningful relationships is the antidote to addiction in some ways. And some drug addicts are not seeking that antidote right? They don't want to be loved. They don't want to go into a shelter system. They don't want housing because they don't think they're deserving of those kind of things. So you say, change your idea of what addiction is. It's the absence of community in some cases. And, and, and without that community, or, or yeah, drugs, drugs are good. Let's be honest too. Like I'm not going well, you know? <laughs> to, 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 to quote Homer, fame was like a drug, but what was even more like a drug were the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a i'm sorry there's also a billy corgan-esque kind of rat in a cage comment somewhere in the, in the somewhere in there, there is but, yeah yeah but but i'm 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 not i'm not opposed to being compared to mammals okay it's fine yeah yeah um but i think so i hope that that answers your questions like 
I do notice that the, the, the places where I pick people up from who are doing a lot of drugs are places where you would go to do drugs, right? They're never like, I'm never going into a nice like family home where there's like, there's lots of loving individuals and over a Thanksgiving dinner and someone's doing heroin in the bathroom. It's just, that's not been my experience with respect to drug addicts and where they go and what they, how they, you know, how they do drugs. It's um, It's just not been my experience. Oh, there's a great, oh my God, there's an incredible show. Uh, it's called industry. Actually, it's called industry. Shout out to industry. I haven't seen the latest season, but it's about investment bankers in the UK. And there is one of the older gentlemen who's been in a legacy investment banker since before they had computers. And he's just built up client relationships with Russian oligarchs to manage their portfolio. So he's important, but he's not, he's not important for the firm. He's important because of his client relationship and he's a heroin addict. And his comment is, it's not an addiction if you can afford it. My and God. that, that to me is the darkest perception yeah. of what a lack of community addiction looks like, because that means it is my private, it's, it's not even just my private shame. It's my, it's my desperate Demon. need for survival. Yeah. And if I can afford it, then I can keep it as a private shame. Private yeah. shame is actually, it's actually, is a luxury. I have a physical dependency and inclination and a compulsion to seek this thing out because if I don't get it, I feel like I'm going to die. Oh, totally. That to yeah, me yeah, yeah. does not even sound like something that is, it, it sounds nearly inhumane to your, to yourself. Right. And yeah. of course, if a community was around you, you could, you could seek people to help you not do this. It's why you have, you have sponsors and like, you know, uh, al- alcoholics programs. You probably have sponsors and similar addictions programs. Yeah. We were like, I have the Jones. What do I do? And then they say, you know, they make you recite a passage. Alcoholics Anonymous is a little too religious for my friend who's recovering alcoholic. He's just like, I'm looking for something a little more secular, you know, something that's like, I know it's my fault and I'm the problem, but I can still say a few words and get, get through the day. Yeah, sure. Effective, effectively, he turned to just working out. So now he's addicted to working out. So same same consequence. He's just, yeah. he's just, just he's an addict. Different addiction. Just, different addiction. Different addiction. He's just yeah. like, I'm an addict. So he's yeah. just like, I, if I, and if I'm jonesing, I don't call us. I, like, I have a sponsor. He's like, I don't really call him. I work out because then I get a high. Sure but my high is actually just from working out. So he's going into a bodybuilding competition. Um, oh, that's, that's what, that's what you do when you're an addict. That's you right. You do a thing <laughs> to the nth, to the nth degree. So I think your and, question was related to something like is homelessness related to drug and alcohol addiction? Was that kind or, of your- or, or if, if not that, then remember the analysis that you provided from your data set is those people that checked into a homeless shelter but we have tent cities and we have essentially drug dens that yep. exist th- where the data is agnostic of those. It is, it is a gnosis of those types of things. Totally Meaning yep. that your Oklahoma-based drug den that is essentially servicing the entire community of drug addicts because they don't have any sort of social supports to actually, you know. And that's Oklahoma City because it's the perfect place for a bombing. No one's there. That matters. And the <laughs> the problem with a, a community like that is you have likely a large cohort of the community saying it's your fault that you're addicted. Totally. So of course you yeah. seek it. Yeah. You don't have no social supports. You're not going to be counted on a data set. You are. You're not even. Isn't that so? Isn't that so tragic? Actually, you're not even a statistic. Right. 
That's that's a tragedy because to see that to hear the term homelessness is not increased means wait what kind of homelessness that's right so yeah so i don't want to get away from this i don't want people to walk away saying homelessness has decreased in the united states it's just the available amount of shelter space and the way that they count homelessness people is that's the only way that they know how to do it because there's no only other way, way to, to gather data right yeah. so and now yeah. we to your point it could have wildly increased but we'll, we won't know um certainly no drug yeah, addict is, is filling out the long-form census here so it's the complex question. How do you count? Um, how do you count the amount of nomads that have stayed in the same place? Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, fair. It's that's, a, that's it. It's inherently a paradox. So you're like, oh, totally. yeah. How do I? Oh, wait. What? That's essentially what homeless people are. You have. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's people who used to run the rail yards. It's like I don't know if they are urban homeless in L.A. If they can hop on a train. And your your bum culture, your hobo culture, has effectively evolved from that. You're uncountable. You're outside the system. Yeah. So, and that's yeah, so I think I, that's a true tragedy. So, I guess my observation in New York was sort of commensurate with the data that there it seems to be a lot per capita um, homeless people living in New York, but by the numbers, they're not. It's not really special, and it's actually more predictable that they would be there uh, because due yeah. to the resources, right? So, um, yeah. I, homelessness it's certainly a problem in canada it's becoming more of a problem in southern ontario than i think we care to recognize and oh uh, st Catharines and like the st Catharines area has had a homeless problem for a while oh they totally have. yeah you know who haven't announced really it or admitted it's, it uh, owen sound which you you wouldn't think owen sound, owen sound ontario yes. has a homelessness problem they have a terrible i guess you can't there. have an entire economy built on cottage owners who only visit two months a year correct so. yeah that's so yeah there's that's a, it, 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 it's out there i've actually seen there's actually um in the town i live close to i'm not going to name it um there's a man who has three shopping carts and in each of those shopping carts he has about six tupperwares so they go up i don't know eight nine feet in the air and yeah. and he's just moving these around the town constantly everybody knows who this guy is but I guess I think he lost his home at some point and he yeah. has nowhere to go. And he just moves these three shopping carts around so that the police don't bother him. And it's a sad scene, man, like to, to see this. But um, I think that to me is rural homeless homelessness is more terrifying. Than oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Because then you are, it's like you're moving It's between you and uh, let's say between the Tim Hortons and the McDonald's that you yeah. could you know, buy some time at. Yeah is a highway totally and that is a 50 minute walk with all well, of your belongings you're also making me think about like people who had to leave their homes and would otherwise be homeless but not for a relative close by who they're going to live with so those people technically aren't homed but they're not homeless because but they they're not unhoused it's like that's your thing they're that's not it. Unhoused. that's why they're not so. they're unhoused yeah so i mean if i wonder if we counted those it would probably go up but um anyway i digress it's a it's a it's a shit topic. Would you like me to end on a lighter one? Absolutely, let's do it. So, I have to bring this up because I keep seeing it, and it's predicated on two notions. One, I don't know how, but Pete Davidson it keeps getting laid. What is up with this? Yeah. Two. So two. Timothy Chalamet is not a good actor. <laughs> What? What? Okay. 
Did you see so, Call Me By Your Name? I didn't. Oh, so I, I actually don't. Okay, know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If if I if Nicolas Cage is bad and gone in sixty seconds, then Timothy Chalamet is himself and Call Me By Your Name. Okay, he's also himself. Some actors as well in Dune. In Dune. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's why I said Nicolas Cage was perfect in Gone in sixty seconds. You know why? Because we got true Nicolas Cage. It that's was true. just Cage. Yeah, him yeah. being himself. Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah i think that one the one thing that movie was missing was i think someone saying like a trans am um no okay so this is it was was missing hold on it was missing the family the The family (laughs) (laughs) the family <laughs> okay, anyway, so let's go. I interrupt you. All right, all right, Toretto. Quiet down. Quiet down. You have too much hair. Um, no, okay. So recently there's been there's been a bit of a news, been a bit of a news cycle. Um, where one of the the um, amorphous card card Kardashian Jardashians, Jenners, the Kurgeners. You mean this, all the self-made millionaires, Adam. That's who I think you're Hold talking on. about. Hold all on. totally all I know is didn't get any help from their parents. Self-made millionaires. That's who you're talking about. I think the Kardashians slash Jenners, Kylies. It's uh, Alex. Something. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of women, and I think one guy who are all related <laughs> to one of OJ's lawyers. Okay, <laughs> That's so exactly. one of the OJ's lawyers' nephew's children. Um, she was found making out. Or, sorry, heavy petting. They weren't making out. They're okay. kissing. Timotage Halepe <laughs> at uh, the Queen Bay Beyonce concert, which if you're going to pick places to heavy pet, don't do it at Queen Bay. You watch what's going on on stage. It is probably an incredible performance. Totally. How dare yeah. you avert your gaze or eyes? You stay locked in and blink with drops once an hour. <laughs> so shout out to Jay-Z for only cheating on her once. Uh, everyone forgets that. So... The the thing I just to lock in on the real problem here is that Timothy Chalamet is not a very good actor. He has a movie coming out soon called I tried to remake the Charlie and the Chocolate. No, um, I thought I could be the Wizard of Oz. No, that was that was douchebag other guy who decided he'd take twenty two <laughs> courses at university in a single semester. Um, what what the hell is the one with who's the guy in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? What's the uh, lead? Gustav Cl- no. Um uh, no. Charlie Bucket? Mel Brooks play. Who did oh. Mel Brooks play? He played um oh Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Wonka. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Timothy has a movie coming out called Wonka. And apparently it's a Willy Wonka origin story that like gives us all context of how he became this whole why? A marvelous like man of you know uh, m- mystic and magic, and I guess it really rewrites the context of the the Oompa Loompas because you know r- r- ruled Joel uh, was actually just a rampant racist that they've had to come out and apologize for several times because he actually <laughs> said Africans as the original Oompa Loompas. They oh, no. rewrote Oompa Loompas to be orange people for the movie people sure. like it's or they they did a re a rewrite and then they were orange people from a different place uh and then mel brooks in his perfect depiction of the the magnate tycoon psychopath 
said, I saved them from their land. They thanked me by living and working here. Is, of course, a tyrant, tycoon, magnate thing to say. Of course. Which was perfectly executed. Willy Wonka is a bit of a friggin' lunatic. We saw this again with the Michael Jackson performance by Johnny Depp, <laughs> where he had mommy daddy issues totally, in yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake, where he's like, ha ha ha, my parents they never talked to me. Ha ha ha. <laughs> the Oompa I found them in a forest. Ha ha ha. Like it was that weird I am Pee Wee Herman featuring yes. yeah, totally. I've never had a childhood Michael Jackson. Okay, cool. We all get that. He's a weird tyrant tycoon magnate. Who has a monopoly on the chocolate industry? This is the context of this character that is, for some reason, the hero? No! Why? So Timothy Chalamet apparently didn't audition. He had the role written for him to be the origin story lead actor for Willy Wonka. Okay. A character, as I've just clearly described, <laughs> is clearly batshit crazy and not the good guy. Charlie is the good guy in the story, and he's clearly being like led down a path of just like, please, you have to take this from me. It's my child. I need you to totally, take over you know, the factory, yeah, yeah. Charlie. It's weird, bro. And they're writing Wonka as this like inclusive story written for the modern era to target the modern audience that is seeking out inclusivity for inclusivity's sake. As you can imagine, since that is the depth of the wallpaper of this plot, Wonka's early reviews for what Timothy Chalamet is not going to... like They're not good. They're expecting bad. And the, the previews for the movie are equivalently bad. This is how the bad it must be. I haven't even heard of this yet. Yeah. So I it is, this is a movie heard, yet. Yeah. There's a movie it's, that's going to come it's, it's out. Already, Wonka. Okay. And it's, it's, I was like, has it been released? What's happening? <laughs> is going to be Willy Wonka. And he's a good guy who's fighting for chocolate rights. It is fucking weird. Poorly written, clearly poorly executed. And unfortunately, they decided to have as the lead. So all of that being said, if I am a publicist, and I am a producer and I am, we're locking heads. We're like, why did we let him do this movie? How are we going to make money on it? Yeah, yeah. The easiest thing to do is a sex tape, but that could ruin his reputation for the rest of his life. So yeah. you're like, okay, what is one above the sex tape? And you're like rehab. And they're like, he's not addicted to anything. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Damn it. All right. What's, 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 what can we get him addicted to? <laughs> what's opposite rehab, but one up? Like, what's the, the antithesis to rehab, but one up? And they're like, relationship goss. We need some relationship goss. Cool. Totally. Who totally. is, who is always in the public eye that can talk about this thing? They're so happy that their current blah, 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 is doing a movie called Naka. And my guess is that relationships are now the purest form of marketing ploy that hmm. at least Hollywood producers and Hollywood marketers have at their disposal. And so you're saying like using, it's, like, it's like a form of palace intrigue in a way that's it, just it's exactly a form of palace intrigue. Okay. Okay. So what do you do? You get King Henry to wear your frilly neck thing. And now frilly neck things are very popular. Of course. You you get the Pharaoh to start putting gold paint on his face and everybody's just like, well, I I have a parasocial relationship with the Pharaoh. We should all put fucking gold shit on our faces. <laughs> yeah. 
you get one of the 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 royalty of modern marketing to date or be seen kissing with your lead actor and now whatever that lead actor is about to do more popular is now the thing that the public is just like well if if Kybel Gentle Dershin is going to go friggin' <laughs> watch the movie, then I should probably. This is modern marketing. Totally. And yeah, modern yeah. marketing is, I, to me, this is an advertising thing. And I, know, and I know that was a leap. But then I have to say, if I was a producer and all I had to say was, Tim, Timmy, oh, Timmy Boo. Go kiss her at a concert. Be seen shopping near adjacent or with her, hand-holding or no. And then you'll make box office. And then you'll never have to work with Warner Brothers or Disney or DreamWorks ever again. Then you go back to your shitty artsy flicks. And then you guys are going to break up. And you'll use the publicity of the breakup to parlay your serious acting role that you did after the fact. Does that work for you? As a marketer, this is gold. This is gold. so pure because it's people just being famous at us. Agreed. And that's why I don't understand why Pete Davidson keeps getting laid because he doesn't <laughs> produce anything good. I, no one has seen his stuff. No, I don't I, you're get right. it. I've never watched um, – I don't think I've ever watched anything with Pete Davidson in it. And if you know he was, it was means? accidental, honestly. Yeah. Do you know what this means? Pete Davidson is actually a phenomenal lay. Timothy Chalamet is running the marketing gamut of this shit. He plus he has um he has a bone structure that it's it's just very difficult to wear the same clothes as him or 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 wear the same fashion because I, he's just a small dude. So yeah, he's fragile. He's he just gentle. Fra- he's he seems very fragile. So Alex, that's 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 my rant, and um, <laughs> I love it. That's actually very insightful. <clears throat> yeah. So that's that's advertising one hundred and one for you people. Uh, check us, check us out. Give us a shout out at broping for the masses at gmail.com. If you have any comments, corrections, or just, like I said, we take butthole picks uh, nothing that from a cat, no feline butthole picks. Not cool. We don't like, um, then, uh, we, we got to go quick. Alex is taking piss. Uh, so check us out on Twitter. Uh, check us out on Instagram. We're not there. Check us out on Reddit. We, uh, sometimes post to the forums for how to build computers. We haven't built one yet, so they don't like our advice. Uh, check us out on, on news forums like the daily and, uh, Fox news. Uh, they also delete our comments, so you won't get much of us there. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Alex, we're going to take a piss. We are closing out right now. Alex, I'll take a piss. <laughs> Let's see you, buddy.